Can I quickly share something with you guys before we get back into break? Right. As long as you don't mind Zwick here. Yeah, as long as you don't mind Zwick Yeah, Zwick, if you think this is funny, put it at the fucking top of the episode. Um, recently, I have trimmed my pubes. It's the first time? Okay. No, like, you know, in a fucking <laughs> hot minute, mind okay. you. Right, right. Like, yeah, I go through time. So yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm just like, Pour out of my I'm pants. in Hawaii. I'm so, like, maybe like a week ago, I was really bored and I fucking trimmed my pubes. And every time I go to take a fucking leak, it's like this weird textural surprise because yeah. like for like yeah for like the last few months i'm like all right go into my underwear grab the thing that's like a bird's nest and then like let it pee into the <laughs> toilet now it's just like I, I i reach for it and there's like this weird steamed dumpling in my underwear <laughs> that I, <laughs> that I like, yeah it's just pretty much I, a steamed dumpling yeah yeah it's just like what the fuck is that oh it's my dick i forgot i <laughs> trimmed her the, up. The one thing about having the hair on is that it actually, I think it like kind of helps suck up some of the moisture. Yeah. It. Um, so when you go, I just, when you take it back a lot, it has like this grippier yeah. texture that you're not Steam <laughs> dumpling. Like, oh, go in there and yeah. I'm just like, who the fuck left that there? And I'm like, oh wait, that's my dick. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh man, I, 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 that feeling of like, you know, reaching into a pile of of hair to to pull out a, a baby hose. <laughs> yeah, and then like when yeah. you shave it all down, it's just like this monster dong when it's soft. It's so yeah. different. It's yeah. Very strange. The, the visual. Yeah, yeah. It it didn't change. It's just the it's, it's still there. Very different. Textures different. Perspective is important. Yep. <laughs> but it's just a bird's nest to fucking steam dumpling. All right. And I I'm standing fast, yep. Zwick. If you think that's funny, <laughs> put it at the top. I thought you were dead. Sun out of your eyes and be yourself. Heard you were dead. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. That man's dead back then. It was worse than dead. He must be dead. Is this a dead man, Doctor? Hold on! Look at his place! Howdy, hey! Welcome to Rosemoria! My name is Tomato! I'm Chagonius! I am your Codicius for this Mike could not make it again! Oh, He's out doing kickflips over Long Island Taco Bell burritos! Oh. <laughs> Dude, I heard you did a gnarly laser flip over Wendy's the other day, blah! Blah, everyone saw that laser flip. They just want to be on the show now because of that. It's crazy. <laughs> Yo, t- t- I think I think he just started another show. Yeah. Oh, you think he's cheating on us? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's cheating on us. What, oh, what would Mike's podcast be named? Tony Hawk. <laughs> yeah. Stony Hawk. Boom Boom Huck Jam. Stony, Stony Hawk. Mike yeah. Regan. Boom Stony Boom Hawk. Huck Jam. Stony Hawk's <laughs> Broom Broom <laughs> Fuck Ham. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So that's... how's everyone's weeks? You know, I had a good week, but I'm going to tell you about the one bad thing that happened. I like that. That's fine. That's fine. I'm okay. mad. Right. I'm I'm furious. I've been frowning for days now. Let me uh, let me uh, get serious with you real quick. So you know when you have a long day at work and sure. you just don't want to do anything after? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So every day I had one of those and it was it was all right. You know I was expecting it. I was told I was gonna have a long day. So after work, uh, I'm not gonna name the business, but I I was I've been using Uber Eats a lot. I see. I see. <laughs> I see. There's a running trend of of Tom's. Yeah. And you say you're losing weight? <laughs> I'm losing weight. <laughs> the, the deliveries aren't showing up. <laughs> oh, okay. I see. What so yeah, I um, 
I ordered from a place. It was rather late. It was probably 9.40 when I placed my order, which I understand. There's not a lot of things open, but I saw a place that was open, and I had eaten there before, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to stuff my face with that. I'm going to be a fat pig tonight. I don't Delivery care. Delivery fees are, ex- are expensive. You got to load up when you do Uber Eats. Exactly, dude, to, to yeah. make the price work. So I order this thing. It says, great, your delivery is coming at 1030. Get ready for it. And I'm like, that's yeah, great because yeah. I'm going to go poop and I'm going to shower and I'm going to like eat this in bed. Gabby and I are going to make a picnic where I actually bring out one of those like Italian tablecloths and throw it over my bed and we sit on that. Did you put the uh, sand over your bed first and then the tablecloth? Yeah. You need of the course. foundation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do. Got to get the so, sand base. So I'm sitting there and I'm waiting for this thing and I and I look at the and I'm looking at the Uber Eats app and it's saying the food is it's on its way. Don't worry, Tom. It's coming to you. I think a man mm-hmm. named Angelo was driving it to me. I don't know. But um I I get a cancellation notice. Yeah. 10 minutes after it's supposed to be delivered. That dude ate your food. Angelo ate your food. Yeah, Angelo <laughs> ate my food. <laughs> and I was furious because this was at the point. It's it, Now it is 1040. Nowhere is open. Dude, Angelo was laughing all the way to the dumpster because you know what? That was the diarrhea food you ordered. He saved yeah, your well, life. You would have been pooping into a dumpster for weeks. I don't know. It wasn't. It wasn't terribly poor quality food. I spent way too much on it, and then of course I was refunded. But I'm like Angelo. Now you have to bring that home to your wife. She's gonna be mad at you because you, now you can't pay your cable cable bill. Um, thanks for stealing my chicken sandwich. So that's been the <laughs> focus of my energy ever since. Just ah uh, ah. How's your week, Cody? I also got Uber Eats stood up, but. It was. It wasn't. <sighs> Those are it, it was Uber Eats diff- fails channel. What the hell? Yeah, I, I, I guess it was. It was different from Tom's <laughs> failure because, like, I think I ordered Jack in the Box, which is quite quite a treat because they have never been around where I usually have lived. Great egg like, sandwiches. Let me try the fucking Jack in the Box. And apparently, box tacos are a thing. Uh, I don't know what that is. Yeah, there's just know. a little like Chinese food container, and you open it up, and there's just. Dozens of mini tacos you're supposed to eat with a chopstick. It's weird. Oh, that's weird. Uh, but, like, I ordered Jack in the Box, and, like, unlike Tom, who's uh, got a driver, I, did, I never got a driver, but, like, the the expected delivery just kept getting pushed into, like, the wee hours of the morning. <laughs> so it's, like, 1.15 a.m., and it says, like, Douglas is on his way, and I'm just like, I doubt that, but not <laughs> enough where I can just go to bed right now like so I just, <laughs> you gotta have a douglas on your door wait you yeah, haven't but, you haven't fell asleep yet you've been waiting for douglas yeah all this time some say to this very day and then like <laughs> it, it, it like rolled like almost at 2 a.m and then it was just like canceled and i'm just like oh thank god i can go to bed now they gave <laughs> me, like they gave me like 10 bucks for my trouble i'm just like did you get 10 bucks tom i didn't get anything i got a <laughs> disappointment that's all i, I got, got how did yeah. How how were you so optimistic? I was like, this works, because I still use the fucking service because I'm an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I, I used it today. I'm going to use it later. I used oh. it yesterday. I've just been using it all the time because I'm lazy, and 
Uh, I should be lazy. I have the right to be lazy. I'm a working man. Travis, how did Uber Eats fuck your life yeah, recently? Make I've, something up. I've uh, Well, you know what? I can't because I've never used Uber Eats. I'm a healthy gentleman. I respect my body. <laughs> no, you're not. I respect my body. I've never used Uber no. Eats. Oh, it's the healthy man. I don't use Uber <laughs> Eats, even to get my acai bowls or uh, spinach smoothies. No, I don't even do that. No, I, I don't even do that. I Dude, walk I on the top of... I live yeah. across the street from a Trader Joe's now. Don't worry, I'm all organic. I got like hemp growing out of my butthole. That's, mm, I believe that yeah. second part. <laughs> I don't believe the healthy thing. I believe the hemp growing out of his butthole. Uh, no, my week was uh, not. There's no tragedy involved. You guys have some serious tragedies. The world has a lot of tragedy going on. I feel for you guys. COVID nineteen. Um, you know, Black Lives Matter. The the Uber negligence that is haunting my life these these are issues i do think about and i'd be remiss to say that um i feel like the most tragic of them is i didn't get that fucking chicken sandwich so i i think <laughs> i think the uh the only weird thing that happened to me this week is i i did a portland oops and that was i was driving back probably from fast food because i respect myself and i'm healthy i know how to drive I can use right. my eyes. <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah, actually, I went to Carl. I was coming back from Carl's Jr. Premium establishment. Healthy guy, yeah. Healthy guy. Healthy guy. All right. So I'm coming back from Carl's Jr. and I uh, go off the GPS a little bit, and I ended up in downtown Portland, which is oh. not a. I mean, I live close to downtown, but this was a particular day where there was some 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 uh, protesting some going stuff. on on both ends of the spectrum. And it uh, was flavor. Yeah, so I basically just like drove into a war zone <laughs> and with Carl's Jr. With Carl's Jr. So I felt safe. I say that that mean looking star was protecting me. Um, wow. Did you I, actually I, manage to see any uh, I, you did mention this before. I just got to confirm on the podcast here that you uh you saw some of uh, baby Gavin McGuinness's there. Uh, yeah, little Gavin McGinnis's. I saw a lot of people with my haircut, but then also had like one of those uh, like gaiters on, but the skull face type of thing, right? Right, yeah, you know. Yeah. And they mm -hmm. they've got the "Don't tread on me" flags, "Don't step on my snake." See, you're hard to pick out because you know you're you're a fairly left leaning guy. I wouldn't say you're a radical or anything like that. Uh, I'm pretty have... much. Do you know that guy, Karl Marx? Yeah, that's you. No. That's, that's one. Of, he's one of my region. friends. He's one of my friends. Right. That's your pubic region. So let's say, <laughs> okay, but, but like you know, by the look oh, of no. you, your Hitler Youth haircut and, and your uh, certain whiteness that you have, you would you kind of look like you could be a uh, proud boy. Um, dude, <laughs> I am Mark. I am the least proud of anything I do. I know. You're not proud at all. Actually, <laughs> no. Of anything. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, but you so know, what? I am. I am proud to be your friend, and I'm also proud. That you do such great scripts. So what do we have? Who is on the chopping block tonight? Look at that! Look at that transition! Whoa! You're I'm making you're putting from Big Will. You're putting Mike to shame right now. You it's can a, transition those gaps. It's a segue if you use your voice. Yeah, I'm, I'm a segue. I'm a segue man. <laughs> All right, get him on the get him on the phone. That's what he says. <laughs> so tonight we, you know, this is a podcast. We do history. Uh, that's maybe number one. I don't this know. Is a podcast. Number two, drinking. Drinking a lot of beer. This is yeah. the truth. How much beer do you think uh, we guys drank over the past? Don't, don't ask that. Like, I'm surprised we didn't get, when we were all together, we should have just gotten kegs. <laughs> we should have. <laughs> well, we were getting together at the time when you were, when you guys were both living here, it was every Friday. 
Um, was it the amount of beer was absurd. Yeah. A keg lasts about mm-hmm. 30 days. We probably could have done one every other week. So, <laughs> yeah. Do you know what we should have um, done? We should have kegged just outside the window and then tap it through the window. Oh. oh that would have been cool. Especially if there's snow it, outside. Yeah. That was the <laughs> I pro think, move. Uh, d- I, I believe, I, I, I could be wrong here, but I believe not for human consumption, they were on a keg tip for a while. Yeah, wow. I think when we were do, we did our there. drink yeah. off with them, they were kegging it. Really? Yeah. No, I think they. Ke- I um I was talking to um I was talking to Alan, rest in peace, man. Love that but guy. He was uh I was talking to him, and he's like, uh yeah, we have this keg thing, but for that specific competition where we're counting beers, we'll we had we'll to do cans. Yes, that's right. right. We yeah. had to do cans because you could heavy pour from a keg. So as as yeah, you yeah. already know, because you clipped clicked on the episode here. We are going to be, ro- it's kind of an unusual one. We're going to be roasting the Coors family, as oh. in the Silver Bullet, as in Coors, a Coors. <laughs> Blue Mountain Can. Cody's showing off his Coors Light right now. I got myself a I bought one. Coors Banquet that you can't see. <laughs> yeah, the titty background <laughs> yeah. on Skype, Travis. But yeah, we're going to be roasting. Uh, well, I, have a, I have a Coors as well. I forgot to... <laughs> Oh, the post-it? Yeah. Well, it's not. It's a big post-it. It's a business. Oh, oh that's yeah. definitely a Coors. Yeah. Yes. Can't see that at all. That's definitely this is just a tip. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're going to be doing the Coors family. Not one person, but just the entire Coors clan. Yeah, well, okay, so we're not doing one person, but we're going to focus in on two dudes, the Coors brothers. Actually, three dudes, the Coors brothers. There's Joe, Adolf, <laughs> okay. and Bill. Oh, Adolf. Yeah. And those were the Love those were the guys that ran Coors through most of the 20th century, um, and yeah, Coors very interesting company. And uh, let's just kind of jump into it a little bit, right? I'm excited. I am turgid, motherfucker. Travis, take me to America. Uh, before I take you to America, I have to take you to uh, Germany, the Fatherland. I suspected with Adolf in the mix. Like, who does that? Yeah, our story starts in Germany. I know you guys have been waiting for this at home. Our story starts in Germany with Adolf Kors. <laughs> We're not right. doing Hitler. Sorry. Ava Braun <laughs> doing Hitler. Who? It's too obvious. Too, too low of a hanging fruit. So Adolf Kors was born in 1848 in Barman, Prussia. It's a Barman. Prussia. Yeah. You know, Prussia is that little like weird used to be or used to be Prussia, then it was Germany, yeah. all that shit. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. So in his teens, Adolf went full Batman, and by that I mean both of his parents died of TB. <laughs> okay. Oh, that villain TB. Yeah. yeah. That uh, Joe <laughs> Chill. The, the, the TB that takes your wallet. <laughs> oh my yeah, that, that TB that just smashes your mother's pearl necklace over and over and <laughs> over and over again. Is that just she's coughing too much? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wear a mask. Bitch. So you know how we like to talk about how, we've talked about it on the show before, how Germany, it's like one of those cool tips you tell at a bar, like, actually Germany's a younger country than the U.S., like, we've done that before, yeah. right? Like, I didn't know that, but I believe you. 
Um, for those of you still doing that, trying to pick up women at whatever open bar you're at, yes. um, don't do that anymore. Oh. That's a, oh. a huge dryer, I would call it. A dryer? massive. Yeah. It's one of those drying sheets. <laughs> a, a, it's a not even sheets. It doesn't, it doesn't smell good. It's like a non-scented, just dryer facing a woman's vagina. <laughs> when you say little tidbits like that, they don't care about that. Like a hair dryer, like a blow dryer. Yeah. So we're like, so we talked about like how Germany is actually a younger country than the U.S. Well, that was thanks to this bro named Otto von Bismarck. Otto, he, he was the Kaiser, and right when um, Adolf Kors was growing up, the Kaiser was drafting all these young men and boys, German boys, to fight in his bloody campaigns to unite the Rhine. Mm. Um, so that's a river. Yeah, well, the Rhine that runs all the way through. <laughs> it's the Rhine of Germany. It runs all the I'm way just, through the Germans. Just seeing like the Kaiser handing like a bunch of tiny hammers to German boys <laughs> and be like, "Take this dam out. We have to connect the Rhine." <laughs> yeah, let's connect it. So Adolf, at the age of twenty-one, along with millions of other German young men, including Trump's great grandfather, dodged the draft by hopping a ship over to America. Good move. Welcome. Yeah, he was like, I don't want to fight in that shit. Leave the oppression, find the freedom. Get oppressed. Freedom! Get oppressed yes. afterwards. Uh, and possibly do some oppressing yourself. So, so you mentioned that, find the freedom. Adolf comes to the U.S. He's on the East Coast in Chicago. And the thing was, was uh, Americans didn't really like the Germans in the 19th century. Hmm. Hmm. Um, hmm. Like, most, like most foreign things, like the Crunchwrap Supreme... Uh, they ha it takes some time yeah. for these hateful, scared Americans to warm up this to. It's true. Right? Like, they're like, what is this? Bratwurst? It's like 10% culture and politics, and then 90% smell. <laughs> yeah. People just smell weird from different places. It's, that's science. That's not racism. It might just be like the fucking boat ride. I feel like I had smell coming off a boat for like a few months. Especially when there's sauerkraut yeah. on that boat, too. 90% kraut. Ugh. So, yeah, you're talking about land of freedom. I mean, he does find his freedom, but on the East Coast, he's not finding nothing. So he's like, I got to move out West. Yeah. And back, this is back when the West was like the West, the frontier. Yeah. The okay. actual West. What year is it now? Uh, this is the late 1860s. Right. Okay. So, wow. <clears throat> like, we've just, we're, we're only 30 years past Louisiana. No, we're like 45 years past Louisiana, Louisiana Purchase. Yeah, the Civil there. War just happened. <laughs> right. So, yeah, th that is un unexplored territory for the most part. Still yeah, is today. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Right I don't know where I am ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I'm here to know where I am. Cor oh, wait, Tom, I thought you were drinking a Coors. That looks like a Guinness to me. Uh, I forgot. I forgot. I actually hate krauts, so I decided to stick to my Irish heritage uh, and and have a Guinness. Also, I think this is my new uh, podcast beer because it's very light on the alcohol, and I get hungry sometimes in the podcast. So this is the sandwich in the can that I need. Yeah, that's why the monks drank it because they were constantly doing podcasts called like God Talks at church or God Listens. God Listens. Oh my and, yeah. god. Yeah. Podcasts are prayers just with microphones. You know yeah, you are you are we're all our gods. We're talking to people not in the room we are right now. And we're hoping yeah, some, listen to some us. of them listen. Don't take everything we say seriously, but also gonna die if you don't. <laughs> gonna die and go to the bad place if you don't. 
Wait. Yeah, we have a bad place. We're working on it. Don't touch your pee-pee. Actually, touch it yeah. and then send it to me. Travis, please. Yeah, so he traveled. Adolf travels out west. He ends up in Denver, Colorado. That high-altitude shit. Good stuff. Mile high. Yeah, and Adolf was like... Back in Chicago and in the East Coast, he had gotten a brewery job. And, like, that was kind of his, like, first job-ish. I mean, he had done some work in Europe, but there's a young guy. He worked in a brewery. He's like, ah, I should probably do that. Beer. Like, yeah, out here. But mm. the problem was was that Denver had already been pretty established as a city, and there was already seven breweries in Denver. And this mm. is long before almost every dad in America blew their child's college fund on opening a microbrewery. <gasps> oh. oh, as it is now, where there's like, oh, seven breweries in uh, Portland. No, try like three thousand. <laughs> you know what you do? You just keep you. You just add two animal names and then like a part of one of those animal names anatomy. Like, the oh, this is a uh, catbird elbow. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a. Beer. That does sound like a brewery. Oh, yeah. this is dogfish head. That's a real one. So it does. <laughs> Yeah, um, that works. Uh, yeah, another problem, like, not to go on too much of a tangent, but you're absolutely right, Travis, because I have noticed that with the uptick of microbreweries, which are people who claim to really give a shit about beer, the quality of mm -hmm. beer has actually, like, dissipated. Yeah. When when you go to these small, really small breweries and, and pick up a beer, you try to, like, help out the local spy, you're like, oh, yeah, I'll try your ale. A lot of the time, it tastes like shit, and the reason that is the case is that those beers don't, th those breweries don't have real capital behind them. They're trying to run them like mom and pop shops, and when you do that and you make a bad batch of beer, you have to bottle it and sell it anyway. Yeah, yeah, it's very like the true. Etsy of beer. Yeah, you don't get a chance to do like the, you know, I need, I need the five weeks to make this beer right and all that stuff and. You can't fuck that up. So there's a lot of small breweries out there that make dog shit. Well, I and also, also back then, back in the day, almost every city or town had a brewery because, as we're going to find out, beer does not um, transport. It has a shelf life, a pretty quick shelf life. What? Yeah, especially for back then. Back then. But now, really? well, because most of the beer that you have are, is either cold, cold filtered or pasteurized. I don't even know if they have pasteurized it anymore, but it's probably cold filtered. Um, but that keeps the shelf life alive. Okay. But like so, back in the day, it was like, make my beer. You got to drink that shit real quick in your town. You know okay, what I'm saying? So, so forgive me, but like, I can remember hearing like biblical stories of people going on long journeys. And I think one of them was, uh, Noah on the ark for 40 days. And I can remember hearing like he was his provi his provisions that he took with him. He brought more beer than water because it was more. It was more of a resilient, like commodity than water. Well, is that so I, or is that, that just some? No, weird no, that brewing? type of beer. That that's not the same thing as modern beer. That okay, was, okay, would have been okay. like alcoholic water ish. Okay, like I'm talking about. Like at this point, the beer they're drinking is like the beer we would drink today. You know. Okay. All right. Interesting. Um, I'm learning. Yeah. So Adolf's like, all right, there's too many breweries in Denver. I got to go outside of Denver. So he goes to this town called Golden. Well, Golden-ass town. I hate that. It's not Gold City or Golden City. It's just Golden. Just Golden. I, and Wow. And right near Golden was the aptly named Clear Creek. See, now, they, they uh, added a noun. 
That's cool. <laughs> if that city was just yeah. clear next to Golden, you'd be like, fuck that. But it's clear. I hate Creek. clear. Golden yeah. should have added like hill or mountain to the ass of their name. Right? Mm. Golden yes. ass. I like Gold- that. Okay. Well. <laughs> uh, so Adolf knew that the secret to good beer was water. Good water. You got to have some good water for good beer. You just poopy yeah. water. Like if your life strong some shit out of a toilet and try and make beer out of that, that's not good. You know, that's subjective, but continue. So, so him and a business partner uh, opened up the Schuler Coors Brewery in 1873. And that is when our story really begins. That's the beginning of Coors. 1873. That's a good year. Yep. Uh, nice. It's a good year for, for Ray Sr. <laughs> oh, we got to tell that in- story yeah, later. Well, we, we'll, we'll save it, later. save yeah, it, because yeah. I'm going to be talking we'll about light beer yeah, for yeah. sure. Awesome. Um, so they start, they start pumping out hundreds of gallons of their golden lager straight from this crystal clear waters provided okay. by from the Rocky Mountain. Oh, yeah. Mm, delicious. Now, let's talk a little bit about the man Adolf Coors. Now, he wasn't what you'd call a very fun man, uh, fun man to be around. Uh, you, can, you can insert any type of German stereotype here. Uh, poop. Bratwurst. I love how poop was the first one you thought of, Cody. I mean, na- n- Nazism is too easy, and that's, it's not classical. There, there was a time when Germany had nothing to do with Nazism, but yeah, they poop has always blemish. been. Yeah, poop no, has but always I mean, been. The zeitgeist mm-hmm. of Germany. Yeah, but but Ger- yeah. Germans are not well renowned for their sense of humor. I feel uh, hit or miss, uh, hit or miss. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I uh, there's not one real funny. You know, actually, I think that translates to every fucking Nazi joke I've ever heard. Most of them are not funny. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. You know, even when you're making fun of them, it's just like, yeah, yeah. Huh. Let's just like they're bad. We get it. Yeah. You know, yeah. let's. <laughs> So Adolf almost never laughed. He was very strict with his kids. He cared about one thing and one thing only, the quality of his product. Zakoz. Wow, I'm kind of confused. Why are you confused? I don't know, because like nowadays Coors is like in the discount area for beer, I feel. Don't know. Dude. Dude, that history runs deep. Travis, I know you're going to pull this up later. Oh, yeah. Especially about, like, the more recent history of Coors. But, yeah, he was he was trying to commit his uh, own genocide of bad beers. Yeah. That was his mission. <laughs> like he, Tom, what were we talking about that, Nazi jokes again? Come on. I know. I'm trying to like, pull that around. I thought about it. it. I was just like, no, there are some there funny are some ones. There are some good but, ones. Uh, anyway, you know, I don't know. I'm drinking now, so forgive me. <laughs> Never. So Coors bought out his partner, Schuler, and he became the sole proprietor of the brewery, changing the name to Adolf Coors Company. Mm, um, not great for PR, but... Even though he was a hard-ass, uh, and like, hard, like hard-ass, grumpy worker kind of thing, he cared about his company and he cared about his workers. He allowed them to join the United, Breweries Work- the United Brewery Workmen of the United States, which was a union. I like that. Um, and he paid them well, and even threw them a fifth, even threw them a five-minute break every hour where they could drink free lager. Okay, you said five-minute break. I was a- immediately about to boo, but if it's five minutes per every hour, and you get to drink, that's all right. Yeah. 
That's th- this is a good guy. I like. And this you know AI. there was an employee that you know that one employee that did his best to maximize those five minutes. He's like doing strapitos and shotguns <laughs> and like literally timing it so he's chugging for like four minutes and fifty six seconds of that right. break. And he's like he he's hyperventilating before the five minutes so he doesn't need to breathe during the chugging. <laughs> Yeah, the guy who drinks 46 beers at work. Yeah, Hans. His name has to have been yeah. Hans. He did hire mainly Hans, He hired yeah. mainly German people. This so is Hans. Like, oh, fucking Hans, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, I'm slamming like, these boys. <laughs> I'm on break. And he's like, he's like tap dancing in Morse code so he doesn't have to speak while he's chugging. Hans, you've done such a good job. After today's break and you finish your 10 beers, why don't you drive home early? <laughs> Maybe maybe t- put your feet up. You've done such a good job here at the factory of beer that I have. Uh, watch it. Uh, 12 o'clock. Let it get- That's when the children get out. So, but just drive home, and I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> I love so, it. In eight, in eight, so in 1894, the Clear River, or the Clear, Clear Creek. I'm sorry. The Clear. Ah, I'm going to start that whole thing over, Zwick. Zwick. Cut that shit out. Believe it in, Zwick. Leave it in. That was fun. <laughs> in 1894, the Clear Creek, the source that made Adolf a millionaire, decided to get really excited and squirt all over the place. And by that, I mean it flooded really bad. Okay. So he's a millionaire. That's the first thing. Oh, yeah. He is a millionaire at this he's, point. He's, and he's a also he's a millionaire, and he's a, a U.S. citizen. He became a citizen. Oh, the, oh thank God. Well, yeah. truly free. Go. I like that. But... He's threatened. He's like, oh, no, this the thing that's Flood. made me all this money, the river's flooding. But Adolf right. would be damned if he'd see his business washed away. So Adolf got his men and literally dug a new path for the Roaring River, Dude. which in the process destroyed four houses of just randomly. In the name of beer. In the <laughs> yeah. name of beer, though. Yeah, this is like a broken lizard movie. Wait, What's Broken Lizard? Yeah. I, that's it's a guy who did Beer Fest and fucking oh, the, 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 oh, Super Troopers. Those guys. Got it. Why? Yeah. Like, you wouldn't Which, catch honestly, a wrench if you had legs, right? Like that guy? No, that's oh, Dodgeball. Oh, okay. That's different. Well, the fucking... uh, broken Lizard movies are fucking terrible. Super Troopers is Su- fucking awful. I don't get people <laughs> oh. like that, sh- that fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. You don't get me. <laughs> no, I still don't. <laughs> Anyway, so, I mean, he destroyed these four houses to save his factory. He did pay them probably a few dollars, literally a few dollars, but whatever. Went away back then. So, we had talked about the temperance movement before on the show. Crazies like Carrie A. Nation or the hypocrite apostate Henry Ward Beecher. These people that are like, y'all can't drink, but I'm going to drink it. (laughs) Carrie A. Nation... The more I I have thought about her a lot since we did that episode, and if you don't know, she hated uh, she carried a hatchet around and would smash up all the booze in um, in uh, bars and really? saloons and stuff. Yeah, I wasn't there for that episode, by the way. Oh, you were. Yeah. That was one of the. Okay, yes, yes. Um, but that was a lot of fun, and also I like a woman with conviction. So I think I was thinking about her when I was in the shower and stuff, and I was like, <laughs> I can. I don't agree with her, but hatchet man, mm. man, I'd love to see her nipple. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very, uh, I'd say, uh, not to use a beard to describe her because she hated it, but a very stout woman. Stout. <laughs> I see what you've done. Oh, so Adolf was actually on the good side. He was what they called a wet advocate for his entire life. He was a wop. Yeah, it's a wop. Wet. Oh yes, wet ass person. <laughs> wet, wet, wet ass political 
active person. Wapapa. A wapa? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wet ass political advocate, Parlos Ninos, which is a wapalm. Wapalm. That's definitely a slur in some language. Well, sue us. <laughs> so, obviously and unfortunately, uh, he had he had seen this temperance movement grow, and he did not get his way. And Congress passed the Eighteenth Amendment in in nineteen seventeen, um, which is yeah, that's a bad not time good. in American history. Very dark period. Very yep. Very dark period. Dark ages yeah. of America. Mm-hmm. So at the time, Adolf Kors was about 70 years old. Remember, I'm mainly focusing on some other people in the Kors line, so we're kind of skipping through him quick. So he's... Yeah, fuck your life. Yeah, he's 80 years old, and uh, he before... Because he had seen the temperance movement growing, he smartly diversified his business. So his he portfolio. started... Yeah, he started doing real estate. He did cement... Um, and the main sister company to the brewery was Coors Porcelain, so the porcelain plant. Ooh, interesting. They missed porcelain. <laughs> yeah, yeah porcelain. missed opportunity. So the porcelain business was actually a really smart move because at the time, Germany was the world's top producer of porcelain. And you think, oh, well, what is porcelain uh, besides just uh, plates that you accidentally knock off your grandma's shelf, which I've done many times. Uh, the place where you keep your grandma. In a porcelain throne, it's a it's a place where you, <laughs> you're talking you about flushing every- my grandma's ashes down the toilet. Me, no. Wait. Yeah, <laughs> he was talking about a porcelain oh, urn, but I was going to talk about pooping your grandma out after you eat her. Yeah, Tom by was going to. I was passing the baton to Tom. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I'll take the hit for that one. Yeah. So when every time you poop, uh, unless you are in Thailand, it's on porcelain. So there's a lot of there's a lot of business to be had there. Right. Well, at the time, porcelain was also heavily used in chemistry. So you didn't have, yep. like, medical-grade glass and stuff like that. Like doesn't really uh, react. Yeah. Chemicals don't react too yeah. much. So he sets up this coarse porcelain, and then the Germans, you know, a little bit of a thing called World War I, and, no. and in 1914, almost all the German imports were stopped. So the government turns to Coors and be like, hey, we got to still make chemicals and shit. And Coors becomes the number one porcelain. America and America. Wow. Thanks to Germany fucking up again. (laughs) Kaiser the first time around. Yeah. And now the second time around, fucking Archduke Ferdinand and and, uh, that that whole mess, which we like to refer to as the prequel. (laughs) Yeah, the prequel. The one with Jar Jar Binks. Jar Jar Binks in Belgium. (laughs) (laughs) He got shot. In America's timeline, World War I did have some kind of Jar Jar Binks. We'll find it out on a later episode. What country was Jar Jar Binks? Me, in the poppy fields. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) So... The brewery continued to make drink during the Prohibition. Sick. But they wanted to make it legal. They had the malt, and they had the clear water from uh, Clear Creek. So it was converted into a a malted milk factory. (laughs) Nice. Dude, that is is the stuff that uh, women dream of being covered in. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to say lactating. 
Like no, 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 are, no, no. They got are, their own milk, and, and, yeah. and, and a mother's milk is the most precious liquid on the face Ew, of the planet. Tom, Besides, like, like you know, printer ink and stuff. Yeah, printer ink. But <laughs> malted milk from a from a German man's factory. Oh, oh, that's what they want to be covered in when they they have a good night out. Yeah, you know? yeah I, know, I know. It's like a foam party, and they also yeah. made Ooh, something yeah. else called a. Uh, it's called manna, which was just oh. near beer. Oh, okay, yeah. that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> So Adolf thought by doing this and keeping the factory alive, like his workers would still have a job and he expected them to show gratitude. So he asked his workers to cut their pay and instead he just got a strike. He's like, they're like, no, we're not going to work. Like, we're not going to take a pay cut. Like, you're a multimillionaire. At least he asked. <laughs> he asked. It's a weird ask, though. I'll defend, I'll defend him. It's not a good ask. I'm not saying they should have accepted it, but at least he asked. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Well, okay. Okay. again, this okay. was back. This was back when. No, no, no. He deserved the strike. I'm not. Um, yeah. But he was allowed to ask. It. Go for it, guys. Well, Get him. Yeah. But the fact that he asked a little, a little more character actually it shows that your strike might actually go somewhere. Yeah. Well, actually, this was the time when multimillionaires could be put in their place by their employees because you know workers had rights back then. Ah, oh, the good old days. <laughs> So, in 1923, Adolf, now 75 years old, he turned the business over to his also humor, humorless miser of a son, <laughs> Adolf Kors Jr. Because oh, you know this guy's going to name his son after himself. Let's keep it going. Yeah. What could go wrong with this name? Oh. <laughs> Adolf J., let's rock it. Let's go. What, how, how, we're not going to laugh during this conversation. How are you going to run my factory? That's it. <laughs> he's not sure if his dad's joking. So right. He's, he's like, he's just, uh, okay. Uh, I'm, uh, yeah, I guess yeah. good, Daddy. Daddykins. I'm, I'm going to run it well. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> and then it's awkward. Silence. <laughs> 45 minutes of a silent podcast. So, so his son's taken over the factory. A few years later in 1929, Adolf Sr. vacationing down in Virginia Beach with his daughter and granddaughter. When families used to give a shit about each other. Uh-huh. And so at some point during this vacation, uh, Adolf, who's now 83 years old, it was the middle of the night. He walks over the window of his hotel suite. He's like looking out over the ocean. And then he just decides to open the window and jump six stories to his death. <laughs> wow. Yep. Oh, man. that That's... I'm just imagining like... It's it's deep and dark, but I'm just imagining the thoughts. He's just like this brew. I'm gonna call him a brewmeister, just German brewmeister. Hasn't made a joke his entire life, and he's just looking out, and he's like, "That's good. That's a good time for this." And he just like, <laughs> <laughs> "I'm done now." Yeah, he's just like, there's 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 nothing that's gone wrong recently, but he's just kind of like. Good. I'm good. Yeah. yeah. Well, That's there it. is there is uh, stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, mean I, there is I, stuff going I, wrong because it is prohibition. He's kind of like I'm making yeah, I was milk. Just gonna say, <laughs> that that wouldn't have happened if America at the time, uh, the least free time. I'm I'm not going to get into the Patriarch, but um, you know, the least free time in America where you weren't able to drink beer, and this guy's entire fortune is made on beer. He's also he, he that is, is true. He's like, well, I can't even have a drink right now. <laughs> like I'm in some pain. I could use a drink. You know what seems better than this? Concrete. It's like exactly what you're saying, Cody, where it's like, this guy is probably, it's nine years, how many years into the prohibition at this point? Nine, about nine years now. Nine years, right? So nine years of like, oh, that thing I used to do. 
that I used to love. The thing that brought me so much. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I I had enough. And also, yeah, he right. was the type of guy I did in the book I read, uh, Citizen Cores, which is the laziest way to do an autobiography, name of autobiography. If you oh, it's parodied. Yeah. This is the second <laughs> time I've, I did Citizen Cohen one time, and then I did Citizen Cool. But anyway, so in that book, um, it mentioned that he did not drink during Prohibition because he was at much of a like German stickler for the rules. Like they could have oh. made beer, but he's like, "Nope, it's against the law. I'm not going to drink." Oh, that <laughs> these Germans have principles, man. Yeah. Do you see what bad legislation does, America? It kills old Germans. Named Adolf. <laughs> Named Adolf. How dare you make bad legislation about what other people could do? Everything should be f free to do, especially order Uber Eats. So now with, uh, so now with the founder dead, his son Adolf II, Super Adolf, takes control of the Coors plant. Oh, uh, you should have said Adolf II Boogaloo, Electric Boogaloo. Electric, yeah, Electric Boogaloo. Well, I noticed you said a, a Super Adolf though. What makes him so super? Well, he's uh, Adolf squared. He's like the second Adolf around. He's even more miserable, even more crazy. Wow, yeah. really? So, so uh, Adolf one kills himself exactly at half the age. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, double the height at half the age. That's how it works. Yeah, well, results. If his son does it, he'll be jumping off the roof at like twelve o'clock. <laughs> I mean, uh, at twelve years old, you know, or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how math works. Also, stories. I I have been uh, drinking a while, so excuse my language. It's important. This is a chorus show. Um, I feel like a fucking idiot. So let's go. Uh, prohibition. Ends and Coors Jr. starts producing the beautiful, beautiful beverage of the oh. Rockies once again. Silver bullet. No, no silver bullet yet. That's that's later, Cody. You're jumping the gun. Uh, <laughs> I apologize. So Adolph Jr. has three kids, and those three kids are going to be the focus of our story about the Coors. These three kids. I know we're like 40 minutes in now, but these are the boys. Um. Gotcha. I'm in. And when I say he had three kids, he actually had four kids, but one of them was a girl. And these are misogynistic, <laughs> uh, emotionally repressed German-American people, and we're not going to talk about her at all. You could have just said yeah, he had what? three sons, but you went out of your way <laughs> to explicitly state women weren't people in this day and age. They didn't... They didn't even get kid status. <laughs> no. yeah, right? <laughs> it's easy well, to I be have a four kids kid, and man. a couple girls. <laughs> yeah. It is so easy to be a kid. There's like no W9 or anything. So the first boy, what do you think he was named? Oh, the first kid? Adolf. Yeah. Adolf Sini. Adolf Threeny. Adolf Shrek the Third. Adolf the Third. All right. How do you say awesome. three in German? Uh, eins, zwei, drei. Adolf Dry. <laughs> Not Adolf Wet. <laughs> so Adolf Coors the Third went by Ad most of his oh, life. Oh, Tom was right. Weird. Okay. Yeah. No, I know I was right, but I had to count to it because I know eins, zwei, drei, vier, fünf, sechs, sieben, and then I fell off. I don't know. I can do Japanese too. It's Nisanchi, Go Rokuchi, Hachikuju. It's pretty hot. It's pretty hot, man. I can do a few others, but it doesn't matter. I don't show off. I already, I already have a girlfriend. I don't need to do any more. How many girlfriends? Uh, well, she's not a kid, count, count uh, in but some she is language. a girl. <laughs> ein, ein girlfriend? I have one girlfriend, but she's not a kid. I'm glad 
that's we don't think we'd be doing the show if that was the case. You you can't take that out of context. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't date a kid. <laughs> and, it, and it has a lot to do with the way you phrase. So all right. So Adolf yes. Coors right. the I'm third, gonna... he went by ad most of his life because as he grows up, it's going to be the 1940s. Right. Having a name like Adolf in the 1940s. <laughs> Addy. I've, I, I, know, I know people named Addy. Their name on their birth certificate is probably Adolf, isn't it? No. The, the Adolf name has been a serious decline I wonder since that guy yeah. showed up. So anyone you know, oh. it might be Addy, but it's probably Addison or something else. There's only like three Adolfs now, and they're like... Uh, you know, raised in Tennessee or fucking Indiana by some fat piece of shit, <laughs> like white supremacist retard. Yeah, and one is from like the Congo. Yeah, well, they have yeah, no idea. Just... Black Adolf. <laughs> Black Adolf. That's a that's that's a show idea. Oh. I'm sure Adult Swim would do yeah. it because they have no ideas anymore. Black Adolf. Black Adolf. <laughs> Great. What could go wrong? So, Adolf the third or Ad was the obvious heir to the Coors Brewery, and. Much like the Lion King, this uptight nerd would someday rule over everything that touched Golden's ass kingdom. <laughs> well, son, well do you said. see the sun? There's no joke there. If you see the sun, this is the Golden Kingdom. In, within the certain boundaries, you may rule it all, son. <laughs> Watch out for hyenas. The only... I'm going to... I'm going to build a platform for you to jump off of when you're 12. <laughs> the only problem with little Adolf III was that he was allergic to beer. <laughs> oh! That exists. Soft! <laughs> that exists? How do I never get that? That's like celiac disease and shit. Yeah, mm. celiacs. Uh, oh, man. I, I know a few people with that. That's rough. So if you're out there Same and you're, you can't eat fucking, you can't drink beer or eat. Um, you know, Wonder Bread, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so Adolf, even though he's allergic to beer and he has a terrible stutter, uh, that didn't matter. No, that shit mattered because he was Adolf III. He was going to take over the company. Take over something as named Adolf. <laughs> <laughs> take over France. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, so the... Take back what I said uh, uh, said before about no Nazi jokes. I, I think when? we've already snuck a few in there that are well, how, pretty funny. What's the, what's our budget for Nazi jokes, Tom? I don't care nine? at this point. It's all <laughs> nine. There are nine? no rules here. Nine. You can only do nine. nine. Good. That's a good joke with a with a real real result. And uh, excuse me, do, not result. Yeah. A um. Yeah, it's quantifiable. Yes. Excuse me. <laughs> oh. Math and Nazi joke. You're welcome. You're welcome, listeners. <laughs> Lose so, it. as I mentioned, he has three sons. The other two was a guy named William Coors or Bill Coors and Joseph Coors or just Joe Coors. Go Joe the, Coors. Joe Coors. Joe and Bill. Joe and Bill are our main stars here. <clears throat> so, uh, these children had a laughless childhood with an overbearing father that everyone, including themselves, just called Mr. Coors. Um, oh. Wow. Yeah. That sucks. They were all expected to go off to school at... Um, with a with a major sorry, they were all expected to go off to college with a major relating to the Coors family business. There was no other option. So Bill Coors wanted to study medicine, but Mr. Coors was like, "No, no, you will get a chemistry engineering degree, so you can make this a beer better." Ooh. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yes, Papa. 
At least they, he bothered educating him. Oh, yeah. I, I think he, I think, I didn't write it down, but I think that Bill Coors went to Cornell or something like that. It was a good college. Cornell. <laughs> ah. Not a good joke. <laughs> I laughed. I'm not a good person. I know, but it's fine. I laugh at bad jokes all the time. Right, as one of our reviewers said, that we're it's all fake laughs. Yes. Yeah, that was a little strange. I, definitely a lot of nervous laughs on my end, because I know people are listening to me. <laughs> Like that and, one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. None of, yes, I get it. He doesn't like the show. I don't care. Uh, Bill returns from college with his master, you know, master's in chemical engineering or some shit. And he basically becomes the master brewer for his dad. Brewmeister. Yeah. Mr. Coors would ask him to experiment and try out different proofs with different ingredients. Uh, wait, you, you mean he sent him to college to experiment? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Hey. nice. Yeah, there you go. Open-minded. Yeah, very okay. open-minded. No, this, these are the most closed-minded people you're ever going to meet, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Really? Oh, I like that. Okay. Um, also, you know, they were like, weren't supposed to date anyone until they got their degree. Like, like that's how weird they were. Oh, like, oh, are you, did you kiss a girl? Mm. Like, no, you don't have a master's degree yet. That's strangely <laughs> Asian parent. You know what I mean? Well, the Asians and the Germans, you know, <laughs> they got along. The, Japanese and the Germans got a had a a co-op, a joint, the, the joint. Group the Germans project. were actually the less, uh, they, they were the less strict of the group, which is crazy if you think about <laughs> it. So Joe Kors, uh being the third in line, uh, he also graduated with some degree, but he sent, was sent over to the porcelain factory. They're like, oh, you're never going to take over the company because you're the third. In line, you're go to the go porcelain factory. Porcelain, yeah, you failure. Uh, make a toilet bowl <laughs> that I'm gonna shit in, shitty joke. So spe oh, speaking about cost. toilet bowls that uh, he made during World War II, he actually created the insulators for the uranium used in the a, a bomb that was dropped in Hiroshima. That was a porcelain cores insulator. <laughs> wow, amazing. Yeah. Okay, so question. Have more people died from the A-bomb cores made or the shitty beer cores is made? Great Dude, question. Well, no one dies on beer. It's like Great. weed. No one died on beer, ever. They might have been drunk, but like they didn't die because they had a beer. Can't overdose on beer. <laughs> Make sure you leave that silence in there. Just yeah. I think that's important. For the comedy. So long before the concept of true light beer, meaning a beer with less calories... This good stuff, the shit that we like to drink, because we're real men. Yeah, man. Dude, I got tits from eating meat. I'm not, I'm not from drinking beer. Yeah. I'm actually shredded in some of my beer regions, you know? <laughs> beer regions. So long before this, Coors, Coors was seen as the light lager, because it was noticeably milder than most other, other breweries. It was crisp, clean, like the source... Um, and people called it Colorado Kool-Aid. I like that. That's cool. Or how long has Kool-Aid been around? I don't know. I think Kool-Aid's been around like since 1800s. Really? I might be okay. wrong about that. Very interesting. But oh, this is the other thing know. they like to say about it was that Coors was like making love in a canoe, fucking near water. That's where that joke comes from. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. That is the ultimate dad joke. That. Well, it's a little yeah. dirty for a dad. That's an uncle joke, motherfucker. Uh, uncle joke, yeah. Yeah, good yeah, point. Very true. It's <laughs> like having sex in a canoe. Uh, people could see. 
works your core real well. Yeah. <laughs> Need balance. It's uh, actually difficult to stay hard because of uh, all the treacheries <laughs> that you will encounter. Are we talking about freshwater canoeing or saltwater canoeing? We're just talking about uh, fucking in a canoe for the rest of this, which I've never actually done, but I've been in a canoe, and it's... I just had sunblock in my eyes the entire time. It wasn't very enjoyable. <laughs> the, the tip with that, coming from the Hawaiian, is before you have sex in the canoe, you go go have sex in the hammock, because it's it's it, it's coming it, about the same physics, but you won't drown. I'm just going right. to snap that hammock like and it. fall on the ground. Hit rocks on my butt. I don't know how they do sex in Hawaii, but... Here, I barely very complicated. do <laughs> I do it on bed poor. <laughs> so, Mr. Kors, um, they're making this light logger, and Mr. Kors asks his son Bill to produce a lighter calorie beer. Um, he wanted something that was still refreshing, but the customers would have to buy more of it. You make the alcohol and the calorie lighter... Then, because he also wanted to lower the alcohol content, he wanted to make the calories a little lighter. Your customers have to buy more beer to get a buzz. To get drunk. Yeah. Oh, no. oh, it's no. awesome. It's great. So, in 1941, after about a year in the lab, Bill created Coors Light <laughs> Beer, which was 13.8 fewer calories and 3.6%. Wow, you know that's German because they're using decimal... <laughs> points like that like it's 13 exactly 13.8 calories like <laughs> yeah and budweiser's out there going it's fucking beer man just drink, drink it. it they're also very german fucking drank the beer. yeah i just realized they are but the name <laughs> oh my yeah, god budweiser. are germans good at beer Apparently. i think they do it well i think that's one of those things that germans do well like some countries they do some... It well because they don't joke around yeah. like well, america america made a white claw you know that's a yeah, joke that's a fun joke You'll drink it, but it's still a joke. Yeah, look at this joke I'm drinking now. It's a German seltzer, but it's I can't Bud see Light that because your anime titty Bud Light background. seltzer. Beautiful. There you go. <clears throat> so it was a huge success. Um, but like this was during World War II. Uh, people would buy it. They liked it. It was refreshing. Eventually, Coors dropped the word "light" from their light beer, but continued to keep the fewer calories and lower alcohol because, like I said, they wanted people to buy more beer. But this would not be the last time that we see Coors Light. I'm looking at a bottle of it right now. Yeah. Right. Bingus. So Coors was doing pretty well for itself, uh, but it was stuck in its antiquated ways of working. Now, this was the late 40s going into the 50s, and the company had no lawyers, no accountants, and no marketing. That's how a company should be, motherfucker. Okay. Doing their best, pro like, I know nowadays it's not how it is, but, like, if, if you have 100 people on a beer company, in a beer company or whatever, I would like about 92 of those people to be dedicated to making beer. Nowadays, you have, like, oh, one-third of that's got to be legal, one-third of that's got to be marketing, and, like, the other third of it has to be, like, OSHA for the one, like, quarter of it that actually makes beer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind the hot girls doing the PR and, and marketing rounds. Like, I'm all right with can slinging cans. That's you know? important. You, you ever been in a bar and then there's just like a big titty lady who, who who's uh, in, in some beautiful outfit that goes, have you drank Harp Lager? Here's a free bottle. Oh, it's the best feeling yeah, in the world. It is, but I don't know if that feeling comes from the 
the the free beer sensation or the big titty sensation? That's all part of the package. Well, it's, it's it's both. Uh, the free beer, the the beer doesn't matter. They can give you piss in a bottle. It's the fact that a woman gives you a drink, and, I, and, and I'm sorry free. to isolate our women listeners here, but it's very rare that a woman buys a man drink. Yeah, buy buy a buy a guy a drink. It's a nice thing to do sometimes. That's what it fucking is. If you, uh, yeah, I mean, I I buy drinks for people I'm not even interested in I buy, because yeah. I'm a, I re- I really I'm really settled into my manhood. I've I have a lot of insecurities, but yeah, I bought you drinks. <laughs> I'll buy you a drink I'll buy right you now, drink. <laughs> dude. You come over here, I'll buy you so many drinks. Okay, I'm ready. Wow. <laughs> I, that's what it is. It's just nice having a female treat you. Exactly. Is that, is that it's all not... of humanity? Am I? We- I feel like I'm having a breakthrough, guys. I hate this. It's mid podcast. You might be. Why don't you drink that cord? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll continue this later. I am. I'm actually hitting it pretty hard. I, like I mentioned before to you guys before we're rolling, I bought these Guinnesses because I know they're low on the alcohol. I get the whole uh, sandwich in the can thing, but. My goodness, it's not working. I'm just drunk. <laughs> I'm just drunk, and I'm hungry. So, like pastry in a can. That's. I mean, that's the. That's the gorgeous thing about drinking is it makes you feel smarter. Your stomach gets smarter. And it's like, hey, guess what? I got right now. I need it. It's a need to eat. I've drank enough where it doesn't make me feel smarter. Mm. I used to feel smarter. I know I wasn't, <laughs> but now I'm a wiser drinker. Or I I don't feel smart at all. I know I've said some really dumb things on this podcast, he, and I'm not apologizing. He's a, that's not that's definitely not <laughs> what I'm getting at here. Tom is. All a, I'm saying is that I've wisened up. Tom's a Budweiser. Oh yeah. So Budweiser. Oh, oh, speaking about Budweiser, the the Budweiser Anheuser Busch, and uh, to the east. So we had Anheuser Busch to the east and Schlitz, which is up north. Yeah, Schlitz, motherfucker. Both of those companies were modernizing, and they had marketing, and they had lawyers and accountants. Um, Now, the only person at Coors that was really like, we need to do something, was Adolf Coors III, Ad. He was the heir to the throne, and he had pretty much been uh, useless at the company. He had some, like, business degree. But he was like, dude, we need to hire a marketing guy. We need, like, someone to sell our beer. Like we yes we have great beer but like we need someone to tell everyone that we have great beer. Right. He's that guy. Interesting. Yeah, so this was something completely foreign to Mr. Coors and his two other brothers um as Coors had this kind of unspoken creed to keep their head down and people will buy their beer cuz it's the best that, beer. There's no flashy marketing necessary. This is our best beer. That, yeah. That is so German slash Asian. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm yeah. thinking Germans are just the Asians of Europe. They are. Yeah. Oh my. Pretty much. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. wiling out right now. So now remember, this is not like a backwoods brewery. This is a multi-million dollar like company. Yeah. This is like a big dog. Like I think they're one of the biggest employers in Colorado at the time, if not the biggest. Right. Um, so... You'd think that Ad would go out and find one of the best marketers in the world. I mean, he'd gone to college. This guy isn't a bumblefuck. Like, I just live in Colorado. Like, no, he's gone to college. He knows the world. Nope. He finds what he called an artistic fella that had come to a company picnic that uh, through a friend, a guy named Bill Moomy. Oh, oh God. <laughs> an artistic fella. All right, fella. well, this is going to go well, I know, but... Um... <laughs> So Whatever. Bill Moomy comes along. He has a PhD in art history, but he doesn't know anything about marketing at all. They give out PhDs for art history? Yeah, I probably would. 
Unfortunately, I wish yes. I had an art history PhD. I'd be like, do you see them titties on that picture? That's yeah, a nice way to do it. <laughs> art. That's the first time they drew a titty that way. Here's your PhD, sir. Thank you. <laughs> so this dude had a head on his shoulders. He had a PhD. And this was kind of the first glimpse we got into this really ass-backwards company and how ass-backwards it was being run. So Mooney comes up with a campaign. And he's in the pitch meeting with Mr. Coors, Ad, and Bill. <laughs> and he's like, all right, uh, we're going to have these people. And Mr. Coors like, <clears throat> my father would not stand for that. We're selling beer, not people. How German. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Mr. Coors right. would not allow anyone, any person in his advertising. It had to be just the beer, like shots of nature or something. He was like, if you put a person in your advertisement, it's like you're selling the person, not the product. That's kind of how it is today, I'm noticing. Like, there's hands in, like, a beer commercial, like, cracking it open. But for the most part, like, it's just Uh, nature scenery. I don't don't think that's true. I mean, look at, like, uh, some of the big Super Bowl commercials for, like, Budweiser or... With that. T- today, anything goes. Today, it's um like I get the sentiment of like, oh, we sell beer. Let's just show the I beer. Do. But and and today, it's like I don't agree with that. Like you can have a celebrity or whatever involved, but like that's all they rely on now. I mean, with the products themselves. Look at this. Like Apple bought Beats by Dre for a billion dollars. When? When wow. did this happen? And, yeah, that was that was four or five years ago and like that is the example that is the example of that where it's just like if it was just a good headphone do you think apple would have bought them but the fact that they had tied themselves to a celebrity like that that made wait you're telling me that wait you're telling me dr dre did not make those headphones from scratch every single one no he he actually didn't it's really (laughs) weird because you would think that like you see someone wearing those and you're like you just imagine dr dre all just sweaty and shitty in his like country uh um uh shed just putting them together and boxing him like that but no it's 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 uh slave labor (laughs) in china yeah in china and stuff and uh dr dre just put his name on it the headphones themselves uh if you own a pair they're still good headphones but you paid too much yeah (laughs) Uh, so yes, I I agree with that because today we're in a world where you could just sell a fucking name. This is coming from an audio uh, engineer, by the way. People listening. Yeah, yeah, they're they're not terrible, but do, so, just don't do it. You know, you can find So the ones. very next day, Mumi is in the bathroom at work, and uh, Mr. Coors is in there as well. That's always weird when you like go to the bathroom and your boss is also like taking a shit or something. Oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah, I hate it when I'm like taking a shit in a urinal. Whoa! Well, well, you're fired, sir. Yeah, that's well. I'm taking a shit in a stall, and I'm hanging out, and there's some, someone gets in the stall next to me, and they take off their shoes, and they just reach their barefoot over there and touch my barefoot because <laughs> I also take off my shoes. How many times has that happened? Wait, it's happened four or five times. Every every single time, it's a job proposal of sorts. <laughs> Co- some sexual, some Cody. Not- aren't you like a get naked kind of guy when you poop? Yes. Did you do that in um, public? Oh yeah, Travis and I have worked in the same building before. I have been naked taking a shit while you have been, you know, twenty feet away from me. Oh, amazing! That's great. Welcome. Um, so I I don't understand how people take shits with clothes on. I don't know. know. They just like you absolutely must take one foot out of your pant. No, no, no. The pants stay like at the ankles, but the shirt and glasses come off. 
Oh, Jesus. Glasses come off. That's funny. You can't see your own dick while you're peeing. <laughs> Why would I need to? I mean, uh, peeing So this, this situation's to? going on here in the Coors bathroom. Moomy, the ad agency, the marketing guy, is in there, and he's washing his hands at the sink, and Mr. Coors comes up. Uh, he's washed. Sorry. He's washing his hands at the sink. He, he grabs a towel from the rack and, like, washes his hands, walks away. As he's walking right. out of the, the, the bathroom, Mr. Coors yells, Come here! And he, like, oh, no. turns around, and Mr. Coors grabs a towel from the rack and starts wiping the inside of the sink, and he says, the next person doesn't want your mess. Wow. So this dude is, like, right. teaching this guy how to, like, I don't know, wash the bathroom sink. It's just kind of weird. Yeah, especially if it's... It's one of those things where, like, sinks are supposed to take your filth away from you. Why would you well, yeah, clean you just, the sink after? You just clean that out once a wink. Yeah, That's what yeah, a yeah, janitors yeah. are yeah, for. Yeah, yeah, but like why, after when I said a wink, I don't know. Another time, yeah. Mumi was working at his desk, and he looked outside, and he saw Mr. Coors laying face down on the sidewalk outside the brewery, and just like laying on the sidewalk. And Mumi turned to Ad, and he's like, is he all right? And I was like, oh, yeah, they just repaved that part of the sidewalk, and Mr. Coors is making sure that it's straight. Wow. German. <laughs> wow. German as fuck. Just laying there. Love it. it. I think it's a strip. I think this Mumi guy, like, I'm kind of imagining him as Weird Al in UHF. Yeah. And, <laughs> right. Uh, Coors is like the guy who runs the big channel. I forgot his name. What, Channel 3 or something. So while all of this is going on, this kind of craziness that Mr. Coors is doing, the daddy, uh, Bill Coors, um, you know, the main chemical engineer guy, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he is getting all wrapped up in the Red Scare because uh, oh. McCarthy's out there. He's constantly on the radio and you're talking about all these industrial saboteurs trying to bring down the free market. So got to watch out for them commies. Always. Yeah, they will not drink beer. Yeah, and they're definitely not going to pay for it. That's for sure. <laughs> so Bill gets all paranoid and starts wondering who at the brewery is trying to steal from us. So he mm. starts setting up traps to catch his employees. No, um, he you know he'd like put something out and see if it was people would take it. And usually that person got a slap on the wrist if they did. He's like, I caught you. But this started a lifelong obsession, and it, I. Constant distrust and monitoring of his employees that we're gonna really dive into when he kind of takes over the business. Oh, great. but I just the, the red scare is what like started his fucking obsession. All right, so realizing that not all Americans are the same, yeah. So at this oh. point, the, the brewery and the porcelain factory was run off of coal. Um, mm -hmm. And the Corps read in the newspaper that there was a national miners strike going on in 1953. And they were like, well, fuck these unions. And they formed the Corps Energy Company, um, which started, nat it was run by natural gas and mining. And when the union showed up at the mine, uh, Corps was like, uh, this is our company, we run it, and then hired scabs to work at the mine and the gas field. Ugh. Right. So they don't care. They don't have any pride. Right. And this was coming from, you know, they constantly, this company was all about what did the original Adolf Coors do? And everyone was trying to compare themselves to like this, their great, their, uh, uh, Bill's grandfather 
But he was like in bed with the unions. Like he liked the unions. He liked to treat his employees right. Right. Hmm. The, you know, they, they missed that part. And they also missed the part where he jumped off a building. <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe they should have done that earlier. <laughs> yeah, right. So also at this point, beer was being bottled and canned. Now, cans were made out of steel back then. They were very yeah. heavy and expensive to ship. Um, so Coors decided to skim the price of these cans by form- forming their own Coors Container Company and started making their own cans. So they're very smart business people. They're like, we need something. Let's Nothing just make wrong it. with that. No. That's just that's, uh, that's how to live. Also, beer uh, was, as I mentioned before, it couldn't be sold very far without being pasteurized, which was something that, I mean, maybe we'll come back and do um, the Anheuser-Busch people, but Bush, like that company, figured out how to that we should pasteurize beer before they started pasteurizing milk and then oh. kept it a secret. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's smart. So uh, obviously they had a bigger reach than Coors did, but Bill Coors hated pasteurizing beer. He thought like... So what? You can ship it further, but it just skunked the beer out. Like, you have to boil the beer and, like, you know, get the bacteria out. Right. So he's like, we're just going to stick to the West Coast. So Coors was actually the biggest brewery west of the Rockies, and the East Coast was just left uh, all to Bush's uh, beer. Bush's beans. Mm. So anyway, along this time, in walks a Jewish guy named Lou Bronstein. Hi. Obviously, the Coors uh, German aside, they were very Protestant and like white bread didn't like anything that what deviated from that. They did not like this Jewish man who uh, Bill said stank of the East Coast. (laughs) Uh, Sesame seed bagels, I believe that is the smell. (laughs) Yeah. So Lou was a rep for the British Aluminum Company or Aluminium. Ah, no. Alcan. Hate that. Alcan. So over in Europe, they had been canning beer and other things in aluminum. And so Bill takes a trip with this Lou guy. He's like, this guy's trying to scam me. But he saw the process of canning aluminum and like the pluses to it. So he buys a machine to can aluminum cans in Europe and brings it back with him to Colorado. Fancy. Now, this was kind of a big crazy thing because no one could read anything. I think it was in German, but at this point they don't speak German. They're German American. Okay. So no, none of the mechanics knew how to read, how to put it together. So they kind of just like oopsie daisy. Jimmy rigged it. Yeah. Nice. Right. Um, but with that, uh, Coors became the first American beverage company to manufacture and bottle or, and can aluminum cans. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And they were they completely cornered the market uh, where their competitors were buying cans from them. Um, they also were the first oh. to start the canning recycling programs. And just because I've always thought recycling is kind of a sham, it is, at least it started as it, because they did not do recycling to keep the planet clean or conserve. It was just the fact that they got the cans back and could melt them down and save money. Hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, um, the uh, the whole the whole pro re- recycling thing. Like most re- most things you recycle, they cannot repurpose. Yeah, and when you see those pictures of oh look at this shore, you know, off of China or Thailand with all this plastic floating in, that's American shit that they bought from us 
because we sell them giant crates of plastic and they can only use like 10% of it or something. Yeah. And then they dump it in the ocean. So you're better off throwing your recycling in the garbage, you fucking idiots. <laughs> Another thing Bill saw in Europe when on this trip, he saw something called the Enzinger filter. Now, as I mentioned, Bill hated pasteurization. He said it killed the flavor and the nutrition of the beer. But Me oh. too, man. I hate that shit. Yeah. But the Enzinger fil filter was something that could cold filter the beer. So instead of having to boil it, it would run the beer through oh. these filters, and the filters were so fine that it could get the bacteria out. That would wow. cause a problem. Wow, wow, wow. Now, the thing about these An uh, Anzinger filters that they didn't know at the time, those filters made out of asbestos. I was wondering why <laughs> we don't see those nowadays. Yeah. Mm, yum, yum. So all the good old asbestos. Yeah, and, all, and, and, all those and people and enjoying those cores. Uh, yeah, asbestos. Besties and testies, man. I'm sure a lot of kids were born without eyelids and shit like that after that trip. <laughs> Another thing that cores hated, they hated a lot. They didn't, they didn't like people that they didn't know. They didn't know all this stuff. They hated their distributors. They didn't like the people that were selling their beer to the masses. What? What were they, Jews as well? <laughs> I don't know. They saw them as leeches, so I'm assuming that's just another word for oh. Jews. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Um, but this is really fucked up because these are the dudes that are delivering your beer to the people. Yeah. And Bill made it clear that cores would only be sold in a refrigerated unit. This is the 50s, refrigeration starting. Like yeah. your your businesses that you're selling to have to have refrigerators, and you have to put our beer in the refrigerator. <laughs> That's so uh, wacky because, like, now, like, okay, sorry, keep going. I don't want well, to yeah, no, anything. even now, I mean, some beers were refrigerated, but you can still buy beer off the shelf, right? Like, right. it doesn't have but, to be. Yeah, you, the, the, you go to a beer distributor and they put some shit in the, in the fridge, but, you know, last time I, bo I bought Coors Banquet, it was not in the fridge. But, yeah. like, at the same time, Coors is, like, the only beer brand that's all up your ass about, like, it's brewed cold, filtered cold, delivered cold, and... <laughs> Packaged gold, cold as the Rockies, <laughs> motherfucker. And you're just like, oh, cold, that's why? Cold, because of asbestos. Yeah, and on top of that, Bill would drive around sometimes for days, trying to find cores that were sold outside of a fridge, then release hell on the distributor just for fun. Mm. It's like you, fuckhead. <laughs> you fuck. What happens when people get like in the chart? They when people are. At the top of enterprises that they haven't actually done anything for. Oh, man, they get really loose with that shit. Right. They're like, well, I'll help the product this way. Theoretically, yes. Being concerned about that. A plus, do it. Being obsessive and and creepy about it. And becoming like basically Warwick Davis in Leprechaun about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not what I thought about it. You know, like that's a problem. But Coors was flying off the shelves or out of the refrigerator shelves. Um, and the brewery was having a hard time keeping up with demand. Um, the 1950s were treating the Coors family pretty well. And Ad, Adolph Coors III, had a son, Adolph Coors IV. No! Keeping it going. Stop it! Yeah. Adolf Forthler. But they're not calling him Adolf because, you know, Hitler, they just called him Spike, which has nothing to do with that. Why? I have a cousin named Spike. I don't know his real name. <laughs> Is that just when you want to name your kid something fucked up, but and you do it, so they're like, oh, he's uh -huh. Spike. 
Yeah. To like all of the <laughs> Maybe, world's I don't, I don't know. I'll have to ask Spike at yeah. some point. All of the world's spikes What's... are actually Mussolini's or Tojo's <laughs> or Hitler's. <laughs> so, Ad, Ad, Ad Kors, uh Adolf Kors III, had always been a hothead, just a real brat. I mean, he was like the prince of the Kors Empire. And often he would take this anger, like that he wasn't doing enough for the company because he couldn't drink beer, out on his son Spike. Um, you know, was Spike able to drink beer and spit it in his dad's face? Spike's a little baby boy, uh, so yeah, he's probably drinking beer. This is the fifties. They start him yeah, young. That's a, they said, yeah, I mean, what was the legal drinking age then? Twelve. Yeah. <laughs> so one day, Ad was on his way to work from a ranch that he had bought somewhere near the company. And he got to this one-way bridge, and there was another guy at the other end of this one-way bridge. Now, obviously, this is a man that wears, like, you know, designer watches and shit. He's more important than the other person on the other side of the bridge, right? Mm. I go first. Fuck you. So they both go into this one-way bridge at the same time. They met in the middle, both got out of their cars, started screaming and throwing punches. (laughs) Sounds good. Great. Did he have the, the shit kicked out of him because he's never done anything before? Well, Bill Moomy, our, our, our guy, realized that Ad had not showed up to work. And something, something that the Corps never did. They were always on time. These are Germans. Okay. They're not late right, to anything. Right, yeah. Gotcha. Right? Right. Um, so he drove the route along that Ad would have taken to his ranch, and he found his car still running in the middle of the bridge, with blood all over the railing of the bridge and around the car. He mm. looked over the edge of the bridge and he saw no ad. So he didn't fall over or didn't get pushed over. And Bill Mumi automatically thought These, this guy got in a fight. You know, he figured it out. He's like, this guy got in a fight on the bridge and he's probably in some hospital. This is before like cell phones. You know what I mean? So right, right. He, the cops probably came. He's in the bridge. But panic starts. Right. Minus, minus one ad. You do the math. Yeah. Panic starts to set in, and Bill Coors starts contacting all the hospitals, police stations, nothing. And a search begins. Where is Ad? Find the Adolf. Find the Adolf. The Adolf (laughs) in the Colorado stack. And here's where we can cue the true crime sounds. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, my God. I I don't know if we're ready for all these downloads. (laughs) Very good, So a couple days later... Ad's wife, Mary, receives a ransom letter uh. stating that Ad Coors, uh, stating that they had Ad Coors and they were asking for a half a million dollars. They also stated that Nothing. Adolf's life was in her hands and they had no desire to commit murder. All they wanted was money. And they mentioned that we have two men ready to make a delivery. And they instructed her to advertise for a John Deere tractor in the Denver Post uh, and make sure make sure you have unmarked money and we will contact you on this advertisement. And sell you a tractor of a yeah. husband. Nice. So she went to Mr. Coors and Bill and they were like, they were not happy about giving up half a million dollars, but they yeah. agreed. They're like, all right, here's your million, half a million dollars. In unmarked bills, it was like it had to be different denominations and unmarked, non serial. Right, they, they couldn't be sequ- they couldn't be sequential. Yeah, the good stuff. Well, so mm. she placed the ad in the paper and waited and waited some more, and no call. This went on for weeks. Hmm. At this point, the FBI had taken on the case, 
And they were closing in on the suspected kidnapper of Ad Kors. Interesting. Before they could find their guy, <laughs> this guy sounds like a real, a real good dude. Edward Green, a 30-year-old pizza truck delivery guy, was out near the Turkey Creek Bridge, which was that one-way bridge, looking for a place to shoot off his new second-hand pistol. It's like, I just got this gun. I'm Ooh. going to wood shoot this shit. Bam, 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 bam. Yeah, real American. Why the hell yeah. not? Find a bridge. They didn't have a shooting range back then. It was just go find a field. Yeah. And hopefully it has a stump. Yeah. So he's out there with his pistol. He's looking for a good place to shoot. And he trips over a pair of pants. And he picks them up, as you would Free do pants. if yeah. you found a dirty pair of pants in the woods. I don't know. Free pants. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and Standard. out pops a pocket watch. Or out pops a pocket knife with the engraving AC3 or Assassin's Creed 3. Assassin's Creed 3. <clears throat> the FBI searched the area and found Ad's body. Well, most of Ad's body because uh, the animals had picked it apart. Yeah. <laughs> At this point. Wow, dude. True crime is cool. Um, people should listen to more true crime. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they found his windbreaker with two bullet holes in the back of it. Now, eventually, they tracked down the murderer. His name was Joseph Corbett, and he had fled to British Columbia, where uh, they did a bust on his place with coordination with the Canadian police. And when they found him, he said, okay, you got me. You got <laughs> you me. Got me. You dirty Mounties. What year is this now? This is 53. Okay. Um, so Corbett had a record, and he explained that Ad had attacked him. And then he just shot him and was like, all right. Um, it was like self-defense. Right. You know, but he had already like attempted murder on someone. So it's kind of like, eh, did he kill him? You don't but know anyway, Ad was an asshole. He was the one that attacked him, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll buy it. So anyway, yeah. this. Sorry. No, I'm just listening. I'm yesing you. Yes. I'm going, yes, I cannot wait. I know. Isn't true our... crime riveting? Yeah, no, I can't wait for our advertisement commercial to come in. <laughs> Rage Shadow Bra Legends. Yeah, brought to you yeah. by Travis's butt plugs. I make them out of skunks that I find in my backyard. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Now back to the now show. Back to the show. Ooh. So he was sentenced to life in prison and was released yeah. in 1990 or 1980 on good parole. And that's the end of seemingly the end of the Coors line. Oh no! If not for the fact that there was his son, the fourth one. We'll talk about him. <laughs> Add Spike? Yeah, Add Spike. So, Bill Coors, who's next in line, he's readying, readying himself to become the next head of Coors. Right. Now, Bill was pretty much running Coors already. He had formulated the new beer and was managing many aspects of operations. Um, and he was next in line in terms of birth. But Mr. Coors refused to let Bill take over the company. Uh... Again, Bill Coors is like 45 years old. That's when his father took over. And Mr. Coors, at board meetings, he left Ad's chair empty with a manila envelope with his eulogy inside of it. At the end of every meeting, he would end it with a prayer saying the company would never be the same. All while like Bill is like sitting at the other, other end of the table like... Ugh. That guy never even tasted the product. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I never what, thought of what that. What did that guy do? <laughs> <laughs> he got killed. He lived on a ranch. He was mad. Wow. Yeah. Feel bad for old Bill. Yeah. Old Bill Coors. Old Bill Coors. He's out there. He's making the beer actually taste better. And Ad's like, 
numbers are bad. Make them better, please. Sir! So just what... I don't know how accountants and the way... The magic behind CEO-isms and all that shit is... I'll never get it, because I do things. I know what it's like to do things with my hands and my body, so I feel bad for Bill. So just... I, I want to stop you there, because... Don't feel bad for Bill. Bill... <laughs> Bill... As I mentioned, Bill is very paranoid. He's a little bit paranoid all the time. Now that his brother had been murdered... This ratcheted up a thousand yeah. percent. Okay. Um, feel bad for yeah. Bill. Don't feel bad for him because he's. I feel bad. No, for he's him. like, guess what? Uh, these dirty, dirty commie pinkos. They're the ones that fucking hit my brother. Like they're the ones that whacked him. Feel and bad. He, he oh. blamed the death of his brother on the unions. Um, even after Joseph Corbett had been convicted, and he was like, "Yeah, I did it." Like no motivation. Like me. Like me. Well, Travis, I, I get what you're saying. There's been a bit of like a miscommunication. You know, commies, uh, a, ma a Canadian found man, <laughs> feel bad for Bill. Bill was one of those guys who always got into any type of health craze. Like, think of green drinks, yoga. Oh. He'd totally be doing keto right now. Wheat grass. Yeah, he'd be. Gary, no. Yeah, he, he was all about that. Um, mm. But in the early 60s, uh, Psychology was all the rage. Um, so Bill hired a team of psychologists to counsel his employees because he cared oh, about no. their mental well-being. Right? Okay. Isn't that nice? Mm. That's really good. I guess. Go on. Well, our inside boy, Bill Moomy, found out that these supposedly confidential therapy sessions were actually being recorded for Bill to spy on his workforce. I love it. <laughs> wow. So Bill's like, oh, it's like you should go like fix your brain. Talk to this person. Have a good time. And they're like, he's learning all that. Oh, whose wife slept with whose wife? That's amazing. Is Feel it? bad for Bill. Feel bad. He's getting too much truth. Another w wonderful thing that Bill uh, started doing in this wave of paranoia. Recently, uh, there had been advancements in the polygraph test. So <laughs> go when... When uh, new hires were being brought on, uh, Bill and Joe Kors wanted to make sure that no thieves, communists, radicals, or homosexuals were working at Kors. So he put them on a polygraph test, um, and the interviewer would straight up ask the person wow. if they were homosexual, how often they had sex with their wife, and when was the last time they had sex. <laughs> They really got into the sexuality yeah. that bad, Yeah, right? it's weird because, like, communists are... What was it? Communists and thieves were, like, 66% of, like, <laughs> the fucking concern. But all the questions are, how often you, how often you shag your wife? Yes. Yeah. yeah, and you might be thinking, well, Travis, this is just the shitty 60s at this point. Every corporation was homophobic. And some companies did, in fact, use polygraphs. But this was not normal to ask you about, like, when do you bone your wife? You like to look at man's dicks? <laughs> like, they didn't walk yeah. around doing that. And they did this until the 80s. Whoa. Really? Yes. Whoa. We were alive wow. when Coors Brewing was asking people if they were gay. Now I know <laughs> why Ray Sr. likes it so much. Oh. <laughs> no ninnies on my front lawn. So that's Bill Coors, um, but what about his brother Joe over at Coors Porcelain? Well, Joe was even a bigger scumbag. So, um, 
the general course of America since World War II had been one of progression. Sometimes it had been hard fought, like in the civil rights movement. Education was on the rise. Uh, we had built up workers' rights, improved the average life of every person. Health care was cheap or free. And the government was finally it. serving yeah. its people. Right? I mean, obviously, we had the civil rights movement. That was just right. all. Everything was trying to get better. Right? It was hard fought, <laughs> okay. but trying to get better. Along came a political thinker, or which is another way of calling yeah. someone an asshole, named Russell Kirk. Mm. Now, Kirk wrote a book called The Conservative Mind. Okay. Uh, yeah. And Kirk made the argument that places like India had it right, that a civilized society required orders and classes. You have to have poor people, you have to have rich people, and they do not wow. cross. Yeah, no, he's, he's definitely onto something. Uh, you said he was an asshole, right? Yeah, yeah. Political, okay, yeah, well, yeah. political that, thinker, asshole. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, that's that sounds. Yeah, he's on course. Uh, <laughs> bit of an asshole. Yeah. Uh -huh. So another. It's hard enough out there. It's it's hard enough. Yeah. Another tenant of the book was the complete unquestioning devotion to God and the suspicion or rejection of intellectual process. Kirk saw the age of reason as the age of ignorance. Wow. And. This is this is freaky to me because um I think in German Kirk actually means church. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so he's just like uh, God, yes, my name is Kirk. So Joseph or Joe Kors wasn't particularly a religious person when he started reading The Conservative Mind, mm -hmm. but he mm. loved this book. He read it over and over and over again. Mm. He was also an avid reader and donor to the National Review, which was a conservative paper. That rejected the civil rights civil rights movement, Ooh. saying that for the time being, whites were the most advanced race. I wow! Know. For the time being, we don't know what future the future will bring, but as of right now, uh, look no further. Whites are here. <laughs> whites are in. Right? That's like a fucking Cosmo <laughs> headliner. For yeah, the what time is being, that's the dumbest shit. Yeah. So whites in. Coors, Bill Coors, or sorry, Joe Coors hated civil rights. He saw it as daddy government stacking, stepping in and fucking the free market. Oh, no step on snake. Yeah, no step on snake. And guess what? There's political classes and the blacks deserve to be here because that's the class they're in. That's what he saw. That's was the way that Joe Coors thought. Okay. Now, see, okay, here's this thing where like there's this new, like we have these... We have some tension here right now. Everyone knows the climate. I'm not. I don't need to explain everything to everyone. You're listening to this around the year 2020. If if you're listening back in the back catalog, um, do you think it's like how Jay Z has transcended being black? <laughs> like where they're like, oh no, that's he's not actually black anymore because he has a billion. Oh, that's the cure. Like, to... He's he's part of our class. He has transcended. 99.9% okay. .9 of the people need to stay there. They belong there, but he he's actually not black anymore. It's not that he's rich. It's that he's just not black. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that that would be in line with Joe Kors. Oh, he's one of the good ones. I'm sure he oh, used that term a lot. He's yeah. one of the yeah. good ones. Yeah. yeah. That mentality. Is there like, you know, I've never I've never, I've never not scratched my head metaphorically hearing that one. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, one well, of the good ones. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, all right. Sure. Oh, all right. <laughs> you're strong. a fucking creep and you're racist. Yeah. 
You're very creepy that you have qualifiers like that. Yeah. You know, when you re- when you meet a racist with uh, conviction, I'm a lot less creeped out. <laughs> yeah. You know, because then you just know they hate black people, they hate Jews, all that you, shit. But we're just like, oh, that's one of the good ones. It's like you don't even know. Yeah. You don't even you you can't even pretend to yeah. be a bad. You have like, a lie. You don't know. You have a lie. Yeah, so- you don't know what it's like to be the asshole. You're trying to be the good guy sometimes, and that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, just like Bill's paranoia. Joe was crazy fearful of the government. In fact, in 1963, the USPS started using zip codes, and Joe thought it was an insidious plot to make everyone put their you know, location on a numeric code for the mail system. Fuck the mail. So for years, for years, there was no zip code for the Coors Company. All the mail had no zip code on it. Wow. <laughs> Stick it to the man. So another big tenet of conservatism um, that was built in, designed by, you know, built into the whole system because it had a class system built into it, was that it benefited the rich mm-hmm. and pretty much the rich only, which the ah. cores were very rich. The genius behind the conservative movement was through religious guilt. It had duped people that were very poor into believing that mm. they were on the right side of history. Got it. So the only thing left for Joe to do to become the ultimate conservative in this reality TV show called The Ultimate Conservative, which is very boring. Uh, not The Apprentice. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't go very far, really. You, you always see where it's coming from. They don't know how to change it up no, at all. No curveballs. <laughs> uh, to be the ultimate conservative was to be born again. Uh, a process where one buries all their past sins and excuses their intolerance and future sins with the mentality of, I didn't say that. I didn't do that. God did it. Oh. <laughs> God has forgiven me for the things I didn't. <laughs> so Joe reads the sinner's prayer and is baptized, and he's now a true conservative. Yay. Holy fucking hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh,. <clears throat> Now, Joe was one of those conservative Christians that felt it was his duty to inform and convert his employees. You said duty. Yeah. He's German. He would put conservative, anti-black, anti-homophobic, or just anti-civil rights pamphlets in with their paychecks. Um, <laughs> I can imagine. You like said a- anti-homophobic, so that's very progressive. I'm assuming you meant homophobic. homophobic yeah. also- Anti-black, homophobic, and yeah. anti-whatever. Maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. like a Chinese takeout menu in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Order from Ming's. Order from Ming's. Great chicken chow mein. Not a single gay Chinese person, as far as I can see. <laughs> it's impossible for Chinese to be gay. Let me get that chow young fag. <laughs> I don't know if I should commend or reprimand you for that, but it's whatever. I don't we'll know. I've we'll, been drinking. We'll see if it's in the episode. Well, if someone wants to be angry at me, that's fine. I don't care. So he also started to fuck with their paychecks, besides just putting these pamphlets in that were like almost KKK rally right. bad. Um, he started fucking with their paychecks to show them the evils of big, big government. So for about three or four months, he would not take out... Uh, the employees' federal and state taxes. He'd be like, here's your full paycheck, right? I have not taken anything out. Yeah. Um, then, awesome. after like three or four months, he'd take out all the taxes from their paycheck. So he basically <laughs> just did not give them a paycheck for a month. Just to be like, look, see, look how much they're fucking taking from you. 
Yeah. Now these uh, are people that have to pay mortgages. Yeah. Like they're not some self-righteous like rich brat. Like these have kids, like mouths to feed, right? right. Like you know, mm. this isn't some guy who has always had money, being like, oh, they don't need a fucking paycheck for a month. <laughs> like you know what I mean? You sure as shit don't need someone to explain to you in that fashion. Yeah. Like <laughs> I get it. I do my. I pay my taxes in one sum, uh, one lump sum every year. I get that the government's ripping me off. I would never do that to someone who right, works for me right, because right. that's not how it works. No. Yeah, and they and don't. The they, they, they're on a budget, and you're all—they're you, relying on you for consistency. Not right. That's all it comes down to. They need you for a paycheck, not like moral morality lessons and government versus. Yes. And yeah, while the government is evil for taking your money, that's not how you teach them that lesson. Yeah, no, that's just fucked up, though. Like, I mean, I mean, I, I think, yeah, the taxes are high, but like, yeah, I mean, these are people that have families. It's like, it's again, it's not like a rich fucking person that's never had to really work in his life. I mean, they did work really hard because they were weird in German, but like, they didn't have to. <laughs> like, if they stopped working, yeah. they'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, they can go vacation in uh, Virginia Beach and go jump off any building they want, and they want to pay taxes. <laughs> yeah. So ev eventually, the IRS was another thing that Joe hated. Was like, dude, you can't keep fucking with your employees' paychecks. Like, you have to pay them. And right. so there was like a big court case. They, the IRS, obviously, the IRS won, and they sent in OSHA to check on the company. Now, Joe and Bill refused to let inspectors into the building without a warrant. They're like, you have to get a warrant to come into our building because mm -hmm. I don't want you seeing any, some, any shit. <sighs> All right. Well, uh, there, there's no good guy here at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Joe. the IRS and fucking OSHA that says you can't fucking tie your shoes uh, if there's not a light on. Joe then also hired the Denver police helicopter to spy on Golden's growing Hispanic community. Many of them migrant <laughs> workers that were picking the barley and malts for the course factory. <laughs> Joe called them pleasure-loving parasites. Oh, good. Well, name me a person who isn't a pleasure-loving. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh -huh. So mean, he's like, I'll fucking... Find you, I'll find you a German. See <laughs> <laughs> what you did there. So obviously this conservative whack job racist and the paranoid psychological terrorist of Bill Coors were going to have some problems with the unions that which still ran their brewery. Mm -hmm. um, but right but right as this was about to kick off, the old man, Mr. Coors, died. Oh no. Now you might think, well, you know, ads uh, ad uh sorry, you might think, well, Adolf Coors the fourth He's kind of of age. He's like in his 20s at this point. Yeah, his he, name is Spike. Yeah, his name is Spike. He might be ready to take over the company. Well, Spike was a very angry kid as well. His dad was angry. He decided to get out that aggression by joining the Marines. He's a very tough dude. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, and he hated his grandfather. Um, probably because he had ignored his mother and neglected them financially after his father's death. It's like, yeah. I don't know, your dad's dead, whatever, you would do whatever you want to do. Mm -hmm. So at some point in the Marines, Spike wrote his grandfather and told him, you remind me of another Adolf, Adolf Hitler. Oh my God, they made the joke we've been making all podcasts. <laughs> Now it kind of like it kind of cheapens the way we've been. It's doing not funny it, anymore. So I'm not really in favor of it just for <laughs> yeah. that purpose. Let's move on. Yeah. Well, Coors 
as well, Mr. Coors at that point wrote Spike and his mother and their siblings out of the will, an uh. inheritance of $20 million. Oh, no. Uh, and with that, the Adolf Coors line was over because he wrote that uh, Spike would never take control of the company. Mm-hmm. And Bill and Joe were officially in charge of the company. Jointly. Two emperors. Wow. Gotcha. Okay. A, du- a duopoly. Yeah. Oh. The union had had enough. Uh, although, although, the, although the Coors did pay them well, they were now penny-pinching. And during the annual union meeting, the reps asked Bill and Joe to raise their wages to meet inflation, which was like 3%. <laughs> no way. Ooh. Yeah, it was like 3%. Yeah. Imagine a time when you'd be like, hey, guess what? Inflation's going up. Can I get a little bit more money? Like, that hasn't happened in, like, decades. <laughs> no. that God, that hasn't happened. No. Yeah. That hasn't happened since the 80s, really. Oh, yeah. Since yeah. Like, another guy we're going to talk about in just a little bit. Uh, so Ooh. the union workers go in and, hey, can we, you raise the wages like 3%? And Bill and Joe refused. They were like, no, we're not fucking doing that because it's our company. It's disgusting. And there was a strike. Yeah. Now, this strike lasted almost 10 years. What? Yes. While the cores were not above hiring scabs... Um, just to replace their, uh, you know, workers outright. They also, they paid for the men's family's health insurance. So mm-hmm. when they saw someone on the picket line, they just froze their health insurance, which <laughs> resulted in one man's son dying. Uh, all right. Well, that's, yeah. you know, whatever. Mm. So with the lives of their families hanging on the line uh, with these employees, many of the men started scabbing and breaking the picket line. But technically, this strike lasted 10 years. There was 10 people standing outside the brewery for 10 years. Nice. Okay. Hot. At the same time, the union had leaked the lie detector test with the homophobic questioning and also the pamphlets that featured near Klansmen speak to the public. This started a massive Coors boycott. Mm. Coors were removed from all gay bars and publicly denounced by the likes of Harvey Milk. Actors started wearing... Boycott Coors shirts, and Coors was feeling it. They're feeling it hard. Mm, yeah, well, if they had just felt it hard to begin with and got down with that shit, it wouldn't be a problem. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, yeah. So on top of all that, Coors cold filtering process—the one I talked about with the asbestos—the mm-hmm. um, lubrication had become infected, like in the machine, had been come, come infected with bacteria <laughs> and tainted. <laughs> Tainted hundreds oh of gallons of cores. So people who were supposed to crack open their uh, cores, refreshing, nice, refreshing cores, got a sloppy, boogery mess of bacteria yeah. when they poured it out of their cup. I never want to drink beer again. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, I'm gonna crack in my banquet right now. I just finished mine. So that's the least sexy sentence I've ever heard. With um, infected lube, infected lube and taint. <laughs> Yeah, that's up there with some of the grosser um, band names I've heard. Caustic Wound. Infected Lymphatic Phlegm. Mm. Can we start Infected Lube, Tom? I, I'm thinking about it. I'll mm. push it over to Big Will. You could play banana fucking drums. I'll play <laughs> bass. Drums. We don't need a guitar player yeah. with something that gross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see if Big Will wants to do some, some breathing on it. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> So besides all that, all the bad shit's going on with Coors, they're still the top seller of beer in the West. Wow. But around the same time enters a new competitor, 
Miller Lite. Whoa! Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah! Love that beer. Well, I actually like every beer we've talked about. We haven't talked about Michelob, so I'm on a roll. <laughs> so Miller had been around for a while, but recently it had been bought out by Philip Morse, the cigarette people. Nice. And the cigarette guys sent over their top marketers to Miller Lite, and they were like, dude, let's make a light beer, because people want, don't want to get all them calories. Hot. And they did it, and they like put a big marketing campaign behind it. And Miller Lite may have not tasted as good as Coors Light, like or, or as good as Coors, like their mm-hmm. light beer, mm-hmm. even Coors, though it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, I I know it's all subjective stuff, and I don't want to unpack that. But like Coors, legitimately, is the most refreshing beer because it tastes like seltzer. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's like no weight to that beer at all, and it like I've had beers that are lighter. Like the Sam Adams, like marathon beer, whatever that one is called. It's like the oh yeah, the one that you're supposed to like drink when you're on a marathon. Yeah, like that's that's like the scientifically lighter beer. It's like Coors knocked it out of the park with that because that's just like drinking a seltzer. You can put other shit in it. You could do like a Coors and vodka, and it would be great. Hmm. But right, right now, but right now, Coors doesn't have a light beer. Like their beer is lighter than others, but they don't have like a light beer. Oh right, I forgot you mentioned right. that earlier. Sorry, I've been drinking and Th- forgot. Oh, it's all good. So this, Miller Lite was the first light beer. Like, you know, whatever, like 100 calories or less, whatever. Go. I think it's about 100 calories. So. That's a lot still. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like a regular beer is like 300. You know, it's like a sandwich. Yeah. Well, was ever, there's a sandwich in every can. I got a banquet right here. How much is in here? I got a Sephora. Uh, it doesn't say. <laughs> a 12 ounce of Guinness is 125, which is a lot less than I thought it would be. Oh uh, yeah, this is uh well this so I got a I got a twenty four of Coors Banquet and it is two hundred or th- about three hundred calories. What's the number? So it's two servings. It's it's one forty seven. Hmm. All right. So two hundred. But anyway, it was a big yeah, it was two, a big two ninety four. Yeah, it was a big task to get a beer that low. Right. Miller Lite was like under a hundred or whatever. That was like their number. It might have even gotten smaller since then, but their number was under a hundred, I think, at the time. Amazing. So these cigarette marketers were all over Miller Lite. It blew up. It was like a, basically the White Claw of the time, where everyone was like, "Oh yeah, we love White Claw." And obviously, all the other breweries like started jumping on light beers. Like Bud Light was quickly introduced. Right. Okay. But Coors Light held out they're like we don't want to make light beer our beer's the best mm-hmm. our beer's the best and what did the chorus brothers do now with this whole everything is kind of crumbling around them do they fix their image do they work with the unions do they get a marketing team because Mumi, that our guy bill Mumi had left years ago wow. nope right. they doubled fucking down mm. on their stupidness america <laughs> So Joe Coors had become personal friends with Ronald Reagan, the <laughs> then governor of California. Uh-oh. They were like those little schoolgirls that used to call each other up and be like, oh, did you see Bradley's conservative peeny? Oh, my God. <laughs> They'd like circle jerk each other over like conservative articles they read. Right. Anyone who's very into a um, any 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 political belief or any hobby too much, they they do do a little bit of that little girl shit. So Reagan was also extremely anti-civil rights, a fact that has been conveniently buried. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> but the guy was like, no, blacks need to know where they need to be. Ooh. Jesus Christ. But, you know, it would, they, if you talk about Reagan to anyone, they'll be like, oh, he's a great president. 
Um, now, Joe. Any, anyone? Everyone says yeah, that actually. Everyone. Well, Especially not 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 black, everyone. Black life, all those Black yeah. Lives Matter protesters. You ask them, they're gonna be like, "Wow, <laughs> no, not everyone." But um, Joe Cords was a very awkward dude. Uh, he was not someone that could have a political career. He just wasn't char- He didn't have the charisma. Oh. Charisma, yes. Um, but he did have a lot of money. <laughs> So he head off. He headed out to Washington D.C. and set up the conservative think tank called the Heritage Foundation. Ah, have you heard of that? I feel like I have. No, I have not. The Heritage Foundation is still around today. It is like the biggest. It's basically put out the Bushes. It's put out Reagan. It's the biggest conservative think tank in D.C. One of the most powerful places in D.C. Yikes! Cool. Very cool. Really cool people go there, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So Joe was actually called the Daddy Warbucks of the conservative party. He helped Reagan get elected uh, with the help of his heritage fund, as I just mentioned. Um, Despite the fact that Reagan was shafting the American people outwardly. Reagan also believed that the world was going to end in like 1993. Um, But we don't, you know, we'll talk about Reagan one day. Well, did it? (laughs) I don't know. I'm still miserable. (laughs) <laughs> that was the most Garfield line I think yeah, you've ever fucking delivered. Fucking Mondays, man. I, uh, if you notice, I don't bring up Garfield jokes a lot because I get it. I hate cats, but also I hate myself. So what does that say? Now, Bill, Bill. So Joe is doing this whole shit. He get he's getting Reagan elected. He's building this conservative movement. Bill, on the other hand, is fighting the union and fighting against change in the industry. So Bill was vicious to the union. Not he didn't negotiate with them. He didn't give in. There's a strike going on. Uh, people had called for cores to hire more women to the workplace because there was a big women's movement in the 70s. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bill obviously objected, but the government and activists put enough pressure on him to um, hire some women. But Bill did not build them bathrooms. buckets for all you yes there was one bathroom in the cores facility and it was in the main offices the ones that were used by the secretaries because that was a women's role so that meant if you were a woman working in the brewery you'd have to walk about a half mile to use the bathroom while the foreman docked your pay for the time it took you that's fine fuck that <laughs> it's on you. You should be drinking less beer on the job. Then you would never have to pee. Oh, that that thing stopped a long time ago. They're not drinking beer on the job anymore. I know. I figured that. <laughs> but uh, at the same time, I'm trying to have a little fun. Travis, come on, give me a hand. All right. Well, Bill was like, "You want to hire? You want me to hire women? Okay." So he hired scab women to replace some of the brewery's management uh, and specialists that were on the picket line. Oh. Uh, not only were these women not trained at all, like they were put in this role and like, oh, okay, here you go. Um, these were highly specialized positions. But now the union looked like assholes because they were trying to remove women from the roles that they had unseated. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was a strategic no, move. I, nobody wants to be around a woman with herpes. <laughs> Fucking scab women. Oh, scab. Yeah, I like scab women. Ugh. So on top of all these antiquated changes, Bill and Joe uh, were not changing anything. Like the 60s, or sorry, yeah, they weren't changing anything. But in the 70s and 60s, Joe's sons had already started working for the company, and they were chopping away at like the antiquated measures that were in place. And they decided to bring in another marketer. 
So Joe's son, Peter, hired a guy named Art Stone. <laughs> what a porn star name. Yeah. Art, yeah. Art Stone was a real deal marketer this time. He had like come from like a real business, not just like, I don't know. He's an, he likes to draw pictures of cats yeah. sometimes. Right. So here we have another outsider's POV of this ass-backwards company. Um, so Coors spent almost nothing on marketing. Usually there's like, you have X amount of barrels of beer you're selling, and mm -hmm. a certain amount of each barrel goes towards marketing. Something mm -hmm. like uh, Budweiser had like a huge budget for their marketing team. A lot of horses. Yeah, lot, lots of Clydesdales. Clydesdale, yeah. yeah, those are expensive horses. Very. They have hair. You gotta, you gotta bring each one to the salon. So first off, Stone wanted to get rid of something that Coors invented called the press tab. This was something that Bill invented and he was very proud of, but it was incredibly hard to open. In fact, when Stone was hired, they gave him a can of Coors and he pushed down on this press tab and his thumb was cut on the bottle. Yeah. Like while his interview is going on, like, oh, yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm, I'm really good. Like, yeah, stuff works. So he's like, uh, can we, if I get the job, can I do something about this? <laughs> it was awful. Your, your place sucked. <laughs> so when, when Stone brought up the fact uh, that he wanted to replace this press top because literally bars were not selling cores because it was so hard to open their cans. Wow. <laughs> um... Joe was like, what are you talking about? It's so easy, see? And he reached into his pocket and pulled out a golf ball and then rolled it over the press tab to open the, like, can. And Art's like, wait, you want people to just, like, walk around with a golf ball in their pocket so they can open <sighs> beer cans? And like Joe, <laughs> Joe is, I knew he was dumb, but now he's in the smooth brain territory. <laughs> It's like, wow, it's easy. Like uh, Bobby Hill's boss at the racetrack. Go run across the race to give me a soda. <laughs> no, no, that's not easy, sir. <laughs> so the second thing, Art was like, we need to make a light beer. Like, Miller and Bud are killing us right now. And obviously they're like, no way. We're not making it any mm. lower. Uh, and it took Peter Coors and years to convince these two to make a light beer, which is what we drink now, the Silver Bullet. Silver Bullet. And the reason why it's called the Silver Bullet, if you were interested, is because they used to, like, the beige cores that you see on, like, a banquet. Right. Yeah. That was, like, their standard color variation, but the Silver Bullet was just in a blank can when they were trying it out, and they were like, oh, oh we'll keep it. And people used to just call it the Silver Bullet. I, I actually like that packaging a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It it stood out. It's like no one was doing just like straight silver, you know? Yeah. Uh, so Bill and Joe were still all about that the beer speaks for itself. We don't need marketing. So Art Stone is in the same predicament. Joe hated country music, <laughs> uh, which was very popular at the time. Uh, but he also just hated all music because he thought all music was satanic. <laughs> well, really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't know. I mean, there there is a difference. Like, generally, conservatives, even in the eighties, were not like anti music. Like, I mean, they were is, anti. This what, is granddaddy. This is granddaddy conservative. This is right, in the seventies. Yeah. Right. Like there was there was like Twisted Sisters evil. I get it. ACDC is evil and all that shit. But like they they 
they were beyond the like Elvis sexuality. He's not even that sexy like thing. <laughs> they were oh, music is just music, and then like oh no, if you if you say things like "school's out forever," you're a devil. But that's a little fucking kooky for that, someone in yeah. this time period to yeah. think that music is satanic. Right. That's and- very Mitt, that's like Mitt Romney in a Volvo in 1999 <laughs> uh, driving through McDonald's to tell everyone they're going to hell and not ordering anything. With a dog strapped to his roof. Yeah, exactly. That's a little, it's a little much. Like, pl- peel that back. You know, like, bit. you're a public figure in, in your own right. Right, but like, con- also country music, it's like the slam dunk for Coors. Like, art's like, we have to use country music. Like, it's all about Coors Rocky Mountain. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah, we got to use that country music. Dude, speaking of country music, oh my God, I'm getting hit so hard right now. <laughs> Fucking unknown Henson. Oh. He's been canceled. What he got canceled? Well. He tweeted something really dumb. <laughs> what did he say? He, he he let his southern roots get the best of him and talk shit about Black Lives Matter and Dolly Parton. Oh, no. In no. one tweet and was canceled for, and now he's canceled forever. And I'm like, God damn, I'm still going to listen to the guy because I do separate the artists from the fucking tunes. Yeah. But God damn it, unknown, just keep your mouth shut. <laughs> so, You're, you, you, you know, you play the part of trailer uh, trailer trash. Don't actually be yeah. it. <laughs> so for, those, the, for the people at home that don't actually know, what's Unknown Henson's most popular role? Oh, uh, Unknown Henson, if you don't know him already, he played early Kyler on the Squidbillies. Yeah. But he, that's his most popular role. Right. But this guy, he's... I, I know I didn't put him in the best light just now, but like his stuff that he's been doing on public access TV and the music he's been putting out since the early 80s, like the guy is a country genius um, <laughs> with some of the best lurks you will ever hear. <laughs> Lovely lurks. Yeah, lurks. Um, and, and great melodies. And the guy sold more records. Re- he says this. He's, he sold more records than the Beatles because the Beatles never worked in a record store. <laughs> That's go. good. Well, the cores aren't selling any country r- records because they hate country because it's Satan music. Right. Thanks right. for bringing that back. Yeah. So Joe and Bill are all about the purity. The, the, we don't need to make anything. Our beer is good enough. Let's talk about the purity of the beer that these cores brothers were, yeah, you know, love to brag yeah. about. And enter another one of our main characters of the story, the Clear Creek. Right. The actual water source itself. So this was the source of all of Coors' wealth. And it had been coveted by, you know, their grandfather and their father. Well, in the 70s, with their whole, like, fuck the EPA, fuck the government, uh, the Clear Creek had been contaminated. What? There was a sewer crack in the line um, that fed into the water source before the brewery. And this wasn't just doo-doos and pee-pees going uh, into your beer. Scientific. This this was this was a crack coming out of the one of Coors's industrial plants that had a cancerous solution that was being fed into the brewery water. Good, good. <laughs> I love it. So we got asbestos is- and like cancer juice. Right. <laughs> so right now you can imagine someone who looks like. Um, Jeff Sessions in a Hayao Miyazaki movie trying to talk to the river spirit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who's taken the form of a young boy who's, who's fallen ill. Haku. What is it I can do for, for you, little spirit Hakunu Moo? Yeah, he's calling um, him a Chinaman. <laughs> yeah. What can I do for what you, is it, anime Chinaman? Chinaman? <laughs> 
Oh, another thing I didn't write in the script, the the market in Asia was blowing up at the time. Because, you know, Nixon came in and like, kind of opened up Asia. A little bit. But the Coors refused to sell to China because they were red fucking commies. <laughs> well, I don't blame them. I don't want to sell to China now because they made me stay inside for I the last six months. Actually, <laughs> I'm actually proud of our racist subject tonight for calling Asians... Red and not the other obvious racist. <laughs> the yellow commies. I didn't want to say it, but thank you, Travis, for being for me. Uh, they could have, they could have gotten creative, just like the slightest bit, and gone with orange commies. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> you know, mix the red with the yellow. It's <laughs> orange. So, so, um, what did they do about this crack of the sewer line? Nothing. Nothing. They covered it up. Literally, uh, or in the media. Not like. They never got out to the media. So they did. Like they <laughs> found fine. it. They no found harm, out about no harm, it. No foul. They even found we're out. Talking about they it. found out about it, and this problem persisted for a, about ten years in different ways. Oh, <laughs> good. <laughs> yes. Good. So, as the eighties kicked off, Joe was ecstatic because his friend Ronald Reagan was now president of the United States. Oh my God! I'm gonna suck his dick. That's <laughs> what he said every night before he went to bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nancy, get out of the fucking way, you, you old wench. <laughs> yeah, he, he just drop kicks her out of the way. Like, I got Coors dick to suck. I am going to fuck this guy up his ass, and he's going to give me tax write-offs that will make it totally worth it for both of us. <laughs> so his friend is then there. The Heritage Foundation is one of the most powerful organizations in Washington. Joe had hoped that maybe, just maybe, He'd land a cabinet position. Oh. Be like, fuck yeah, I want to be on the cabinet. Reagan, smell these conservative pussy fingers. I just fucking fingered the country. Mm. Nice. Uh, but Reagan was like, Joe, you're a nice guy, but uh, you're not really. You're like a sack of, sack of Coors Barley. I'm dumb, but not retarded. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Yeah. But Joe did get to give a few recommendations for Reagan on his cabinet, including the Department of Education, which was given to a man that was an anti-vaxxer. Well, okay. how did that work yeah. out? Uh, you know, the 80s. Good. <laughs> All is well. That Still recovering. Horribly. Joe also toured NORAD with the president and heavily pushed the Star Wars program, which was, uh, <laughs> you know, the anti or the missile defense program that Reagan ripped off from George Lucas because he has no imagination. Star Wars. I, I don't know. I Star Wars imagine. was popular a few years ago. Or whatever. Fucking Star Wars. <laughs> that makes me so mad. Joe was not about giving up fighting and destroying those commies. He just wanted all them commies to die. He, he hated them. In the fucking 80s. Yeah, in the 80s. Like, this, now, this is, this is years past McCarthy. Yeah. Uh, now, there was a thing, Iran-Contra. We know, we've heard about that before, right, with Reagan? Yes. So, mm. basically, there was um, capitalists and communists in South America, and the government was funding the capitalist uh, militias, uh, but they were, like, brutal murders. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. I'm just, like, I'm, I'm basically, I'm simplifying it here. Very hot summary, but it's fine. Yeah, and Congress said... Uh, hey, guess what? We can't fund them anymore because they're fucking assholes. You know, makes like, sense. Stop funding them. A little bit after that happened, um, Joe was approached by Lieutenant Colonel Oliver North. 
And he was like, you want to kill them commies uh, down in South America? Maybe. And Joe's like, yeah, I want to kill those commies. So Joe shadily wired uh, $65,000 to a Swiss bank account. Um, and that money was given directly to the mass murdering Contras of South America. Ooh, didn't see that. <laughs> Sweet. Yes. No, yeah, I didn't. There you go. That's where your cores, uh, your, your, your blue cans are going to. Yeah. Wow. See, the mountains turn red when the blood of commies are spilt just right. Well, that's like uh, that's like the that's to- really when you want to drink it. The blue is nice. The blue but means the red it's cold. is extra. The red means well, that, that communist it, died. It's like the yep. toilet bowl effect, right? Like it turns blue if you're in like the northern hemisphere. If you're in the southern hemisphere, it turns red. <laughs> that's how that works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's I think that's how it goes. We have one Australian listener, and he hates us. So let us yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> So with Joe, Coors mainly preoccupied with the destruction of America and the butterfly effect of a hellscape that we live in today. Of course. Uh, B- Bill was still running Coors, pretty much. Um, let's just say Peter Coors attempted to clean up the company image. He was going around to some of these minority groups and be like, look, like we hire black people now. Like, <laughs> you know, we're not terrible. <laughs> we like gay people. <laughs> Even though we try yeah, to, yeah. you know, that's always a hard one to say yeah, for a uh, yeah. heterosexual, uh, conservative-driven person. Uh, we like gay, <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. We uh, like whatever you call yeah, yourselves. No, we, we totally believe you. Yeah, even though there have been decades of them being like, "Are you gay? You're not gonna fucking work for this company. You have sex with your wife last night. You better have." Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. How many times? <laughs> Did you Fantastic. finish inside her like a real Christian? You better have, or else you're gay. <laughs> yeah. oh. if, if you came on her belly, you're a homosexual. Yeah, that's the type of shit they're asking in their interviews. <laughs> mm. But anyway, P- Peter's trying to like run this cleanup crew. Like he's a little bit younger, right? He's like a child of like the '60s. He had like experimented with the hippie culture. He's a he's a boomer. But, like, he's still a hardcore conservative. You know what I mean? Because they're all, all the boomers, like, had their hippie phase where they had fun and then they just ruined the world. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Um, so, unfortunately for Pete, he made the mistake of sending old Bill out to a meeting of all minority business leaders in downtown Denver. What could possibly go wrong? I don't know. Everything. (laughs) Now... As I mentioned earlier, Bill was a very healthy person. Like, he was all about health crazes. He jogged. And sometimes that actually kind of conflicted with his conservative nature. Like, he'd do yoga and be like, I don't believe in any of this fucking karma shit. But, like, I don't know. I'll fucking stretch this buttocks. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, Bill had come back from a... Uh, from Africa, actually. He had been climbing... He climbed up Mount Kilimanjaro, as a lot of rich white people do. Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those reckless things that get the adrenaline going after you realize you've been basically the equivalent of a tube of toothpaste annoying people because it's not flowing properly. I should climb the tall thing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is going to change my perspective and confirm that my opinions are the right ones. So now that Bill had flown to Africa and climbed up Mount Kilimanjaro, he had seen all of Africa and he was pretty much black. So he could give a speech. That's not how at, it works. He could give a no. speech at this black business, you know, minority meeting. No, no. <laughs> Good. I'm glad he thinks it works because to me, he's an American hero now. 
He climbed someone else's mountain. Yes. Yeah, so he gave a speech at this. Uh, he gave a speech to a crowd of uh, minority, successful black businessmen. And he said this. He said, the best thing they did for you was drag your ancestors in chains over here. Oh, is that all? <laughs> then, seeing all right. the reaction of jaws dropping to the floor, he bumbled around for a few minutes talking about the state of Zimbabwe. And eventually, he ended up in the re saying the reason why it was a failed state was because, in quotes, they lacked the intellectual capacity to succeed. Wow. Okay. <laughs> wow. Well, you know what? He's he had. I've never climbed a mountain, so yeah. he might be right about this. <laughs> so the next day, Pete wakes up with the headlines in the local Colorado paper, which went national. That Coors calls blacks intellectually inferior. Inferior. <laughs> I like wow. the term intellectually inferiable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. I like inferior. That can be More. a good shirt that we just all wear around. Intellectually <laughs> inferiable. If I claim that I'm intellectually inferiable, will the government give me money to stay in my is house? There a, there's a subsidy? <laughs> yeah, I hope there is. For the, inf the inferiable tax. Mm. Well, you, you know, you got Joe Kors over there hanging out with a Reagan who coined the term welfare queen. Yeah. So, you know. Mm. <laughs> <clears throat> now, Bill's, paranoia, pa yeah. Bill's paranoia reaches a all-new high. Right now, all the black community is like, you're a racist. And he's like, oh, I, what did I say what, wrong? Yeah, I'm black. I climbed Kilimanjaro. Mm. And he's getting fed all of his brother and Reagan's war on drug shit. That was a big thing in the 80s, the war on drugs. Everyone's smoking crack. Everyone's, you know, doing drugs. Can't have that in America. This is a free country. Nope. Can't do what you want to yeah, do. Free. Too free. Free country. So now Bill thinks that all of his employees were smoking crack and were drug dealers. So Coors pretty much owned all of Golden, Colorado. They had access to everything, including the wow. police and all this stuff. The fire, fire, you know, they, you know, you're, it's like a, it's one of those towns where the company Doesn't is Carnegie. the town yeah. and the town is the company. Right. Yeah. So Bill, thanks to the police, started wiretapping his employees Ooh. to see if they were disloyal or degenerate. Great. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot of wasted effort, I, I would assume. Yeah. Then Bill hired a former deputy by the name uh, from Iowa, I think. His name was David Floyd, and Floyd and a few other off-the-books Coors employees acted like Bill's secret police in Golden. And also, the two other people that Floyd hired were convicted felons, one of murder and the other one an arsonist. Oh, well... <laughs> who tried to bur burn a police station. At least station. they thought similarly enough. Yeah. So they would spy on their the, this Floyd, like, fake police would spy on the employees they go to the bars and like try to see what they're doing you know are you making out with that man with a mustache like i don't know we don't like that <laughs> um okay, fair. uh they they would spy on the unions they would even conduct illegal drug stings where they posed as undercover dealers selling speed and crack then would bust Bust their employees Ooh. that were what, buying. Do like citizen arrest? So like citizen undercover? D doesn't yeah, that so just the make problem them drug dealers? 
Yeah, so the problem with that was they were not law enforcement. So Floyd and the Coors company were illegally selling speed and crack. Okay. Now we're talking Ron Paul-flavored activities. Love it. (laughs) But, again, they were able to get away with it because they controlled the Golden Police Station. Eventually, this guy David Floyd started using the speed that he was selling because when you have something good and fun, you're going to... Take yeah, I, yeah, I was just I was just thinking about what I could tell a doctor to get some Adderall because I would like some speed myself, but I don't like shady <laughs> yeah. street characters. That's definitely not my mm. characteristic. Floyd also started banging Coors female counterpart to what he was doing um, in Virginia. They had opened up a bottling plant in Virginia, and there was this like female version of Floyd that was going around and busting people. In Virginia for, like, doing Virginia mountain drugs and shit. Mountain Dew and meth. Yeah. So, Bill fired Floyd, but he was never really an official employee of Coors anyway. And there was this whole, like, weird court case thing with it. And I think he had to, like, pay hush money and all this shit. He was probably 1099 in there. Yeah. So, Bill, at some point, figured out, hey, this cancerous leak running into the brewery's... Water, you know, no. that's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. We we got to get rid of this. How do you do that? Do you clean up what's they're dumping into the ground? You fix the leak? You, you, it's like, no, I got a better idea. Let's divert the water that's going to the brewery into the public yeah. drinking supply. Why the fuck not? <laughs> I, Bring us. Again, keeping this a secret because you don't want to tell anyone that they're getting some extra special juice in their water minerals and cancers so health officials Mm -hmm. were like hey uh it's kind of weird that the town surrounding the coors plant has double the national average of low birth weights and childhood cancer it's kind of weird so in walks big government and they told the coors you know the the coors were like "Uh, don't tell us how to run our business Oh, no, here's the EPA. Uh, Scary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, big government cracking down on them. Now, thanks to the Heritage Foundation fund and all that stuff, the deaths and pollution were pretty much covered up without Coors paying anything because Reagan was in charge, went to the EPA, went to the fucking all this shit. Yeah. But the problem with that, though, it was it was covered up, but the news got to it. You know, the fake right, news. Right. Of course they're fake. And so so the news got to it, and they they um, exposed right. it to the public, so they couldn't get around paying a fine. There was a court class action settlement. They ended up paying $400,000 in 1990 to the families that lived in this area that have died of cancerous shit that they dropped Great. into their water supply. Mm. <laughs> So, eventually, Joe and Bill reluctantly stepped down from the company, turning over, turning the business over to Joe's sons, Peter and Jeff. Um, now, Peter helped turn the image of Coors around. He had brought in some good marketers um, that made Coors the official beer of Halloween, which I didn't realize was part of their campaign. Really? I, th- I thought Halloween was just for children. I-, I didn't know children were allowed to drink at this time. Uh, yes, well, they-, they solidified this with a commercial from the world's sexiest woman, Elvira. Oh. Just want to oh, wrestle she... them titties. Well, <sighs> dude, she is fantastic. She really is. And again, like, that... like, like, you know, Coors... Uh, G- 
uh, Jeff and Bill were like chairman, and they're seeing what they're doing. Like Elvira, what is this Satan titties? Get out of here! And like Pete's like, oh, well, this is what we're doing. <laughs> Let me ask you something. I ask you, I, I ask you to do one thing: get this cores out there, make it the Halloween, and get right. you know beer, okay. do something fun with it. Why am I so damn hard? <laughs> I know it's wrong because I'm hard. Turn this around, make me soft and drunk. All right, none of this hard shit. There you go. Okay, <laughs> goodbye now. Get do your job. I'm assuming you talked like that. It's a German. German turns into that. So oh no, they they probably don't sound German at all at this point. They're like that's what off. I mean. It turns into that. So. Yeah, knock it off. Get me unhard again. Give me a Coors. Deflate. Which is a beer my grandfather is very upset that we're even selling at this point. (laughs) So eventually Peter ends the Coors family business by turning over control. He never wanted to run Coors. He was just like, I have to do this. I feel like they all kind of felt that way. They're like, I have to do this. This is my family. You know, like I have to Mm. do this. So Pete eventually ends it. Um, by turning over control to a career president named Leo Kiley in 1993. Mm. Great. Um, and that what is, when does Leo Kiley die? So Leo Kiley, I don't know if he's dead or not, but I was going to give well, you. Then what's the point of this goddamn episode? I was going to give you the death dates of the two people we talked about. All right, the well, per- two okay, people fine. we shit on. I understand. I understand. So that really is the end of our story. The end of the cores, but. Okay, so what happened to Joe? When did these? I gotta kill them, right? They gotta die. They gotta die. Yes, please. Yeah, of course. When did uh, uh, when did they die? That's the question. (laughs) Okay, so Joe lived until 2003 and died at the age of 85. And Bill Coors, the health nut, I guess it worked. He died in 2018 at the age of 102. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot of almonds. Now, one postmortem thing, just to catch us up to modern day with cores and everything. The funny thing with the whole light beer wars, right? Like there was this whole thing with like, well, light beer's coming out. Now, Coors owns Miller. Actually, most commercial beers that you drink are owned by Coors because Coors and Molson joined as one company and 2003 and then they acquired miller in 2016 i had no idea that i thought that they were still competing companies no so they actually own a lot of beer i did not realize how much i will drop this in the feed for you so you can check out if you're disgusted by this episode um these are all of the morrison molson coors beers you can drink and with that i am going to go run to the fridge because I'm sick of drinking this Coors Banquet, I'm going to go drink a local microbrewery beer for the first time on the show. Microbrew. <laughs> wow. Firsts tonight. All right. Let's see. Uh, it's, I got to enter yeah, my- Yeah, it's asking me for- my, uh, That's a lot of beer. That's most of the beer. Oh, no. Blue Moon. I got to try this Tomislav. You're just poking around at him? Yeah, Blue Moon. Yeah, I'm looking right now. Oh, Vizzy. Look at that. Coors everything. Crispin. Oh, no. Yeah, Crispin, I was surprised about that. Killian's, Foster, Foster's. So, uh, Killian's was actually, uh, I mean, I didn't put this in the script, but Kill- Killian's was acquired during Bill and Joe course time. That was a whole big thing. Oh, I just, no. I didn't want to put it I'm glad you didn't put it in the, I, I'm glad you didn't put it in the script. The script is really, uh, the, it's heavy. Yeah, it is. Miller, 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 That's Miller, fat at that Molson. point, yeah. 
All right, cool. Travis, is this is that the end of the episode? Well, right now the end of the episode is with me drinking a Silver Moon Brewing Company, a pilsner that they make. Yeah. It's uh made in Bend, Oregon. It doesn't taste very good. I'd rather be drinking a Coors. <laughs> Silver Bent? What was it called? Silver Dicks? Silver Moon. I don't even see it here. No, it's a oh, local I... microbrewery. I was saying before I sent yeah. you that, I'm grabbing a microbrewery beer. Oh, I thought I thought you said you were uh, going to drink one of their like small microbreweries they they bought. No, I've been drinking saying, a Coors. Seems... I've been drinking a Coors Banquet, and I was so disgusted by Coors, I said, "Let's try a microbrewery." And it's not right. Very and now good. you're just as disgusted with everything. Mm-hmm. So it's a wash. Yep, it's good. I like it. Full circle, baby. Wow. So, so Travis is washing down his uh, very, very sad. Uh, you know what? It's it's not a sad script. Uh, it's not a particularly haunting script. There's a lot of people. It's a lot of dude. It had true crime in it. Shut up. Well, all I'm saying is this. I appreciate the amount of work you put into that because Likewise. I learned something about something I really like. And uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, Ray Senior. All right, let's get into this. Fine. Oh, yes. Race, so, right. So, we're not going to give away his last name, obviously, because he's not a bad guy. No. <laughs> and we don't need to dox this gentleman. But one of our friends, his name is Ray Jr. <laughs> and his father exclusively drinks Coors Life. Yes. That's it. Yep. And when confronted by Ray Jr. about why he only drinks that, he said that uh, Ray, Ray Senior claimed that it was the uh, there's less alcohol <laughs> yes. than any other beer, and to which Ray Junior said, "No, there's not. That's <laughs> an average amount of alcohol." Um, and Ray Ray Senior uh, he he defended it, his stance on it, which was bullshit. I don't know where he learned it from, but look, if you like. Coors Light, I got nothing against you because that's my that's my beer choice when I'm at a beach and I'm burning up. Yeah. Really? I, th- I would think it'd be Miller. Where I feel like we're Miller boys more than anything. Well, we are Miller boys, but I've also drank the shit out of Miller. Yeah. Um, where when I need to change it up, right? I don't really do a lot of light beers anymore. Um, I do Budweiser because I'm uh I'm trailer trash. Yeah, it's fine. Well, maybe one day if we if people like this, let us know we what we can do Anheuser Busch because they are also weird, stuffy Germans with a gross history. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, I have drank. I have just finished my sixth Guinness of the evening. Uh, sixteen ounce Guinness, wow. the big ones. So I'm tired, <laughs> and I want to wrap this episode up. <laughs> But thank you very much for listening to the Great show. Uh, sorry if I, my drunkenness caught up with me. Travis, I did have a lot of fun listening to that. Cody, what are you doing? Just stop. Why? <laughs> that, that's Ooh. it. All right. Um, <laughs> Cody's drinking. I, I thought you were drinking a silver bullet. You're drinking fucking Sapporo. No, You're drinking I, some rice I, beer, I, dude. I had the, the silver bullet and I have Sapporo, but I didn't want to. Ah. Mixing it up. Um, I, if this if this episode happened to seem a little like you know we weren't as jokey as usual or whatever, it's probably because Mike isn't here and he's really the comic genius behind the show. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. So, uh, forgive us for that. If you like the show in general, go to roast mortem. Uh, no, go to patreon.com slash roast mortem cast. Yeah. Hand us your money. We're working on it. It's been weird because we're all in different places and we're trying to get more content on the Patreon, but we're still putting out this show. And we're fucking proud of it. Yeah, bro. And, um, 
Yeah, uh, so we appreciate everyone, everyone who's on the Patreon. Excellent, especially people. Sean Bowrain. Yes, thank you, <laughs> Sean Bowrain. Laughs harder than the rest of yep. you. Yep, mm-hmm. as our only producer. Yes, um, and um, you know what? Just keep the sun out of your eyes and be yourself. Yeah, always. A lot always of people have had not. a lot of people have had uh, questions on what. Maybe we should do like a little a little quiz. Well, maybe you win. You could win something if you if you tweet at us. What quotes are in our theme song? And who said and them? Who said them? From which franchise? Oh yeah, that's fun. Yeah, if you can uh, quote any of the uh, dumb shit, um, you don't. None of the Star Trek ones count. Um, <laughs> it's all Star Trek. But there are the other ones. There are the other ones. Find them. Let us know, and maybe we'll send you a koozie. Yeah. So you can keep your cores light, cool. Hope, as it was intended to drink. Hopefully, like the Rockies. Hopefully, it won't have slime in it. You've been slimed. Yeah. This is Ross Morton. Goodbye. Bye, Danker Shane. Love you. Thank you, Tony. Danker Shane's. Danker Tinky. Hey. 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 Hey